Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. My name's Chet. I'm your host. Happy New Year. Hope everyone's having a great new year. <clears throat> seems like, um, I don't know, from my perspective, it seemed like everybody was having a rough holiday season around Christmas. And uh, there was definitely some kind of weird energy going on at least between me and my friends that I talked to and I was feeling it myself, but um, that seemed to clear around new year's and I feel strangely upbeat and positive about 2022. And part of the reason for that is this amazing interview I did with this week's guest, uh, Steven Zapata. Wow. Amazing. It's such a great interview. I can't wait to share it with you. It's uh, it, it, you know, started off with a lot of shit talking about working as a commercial artist and stuff uh, aside from his history and, and all that. But um, it really went into some s deep places on the second half. So stick with it. It's great. The whole thing's great though. It's excellent. Tons of, of great uh, information and really interesting interview. Steven's a really great artist. And uh, I was happy to talk to him and, and um, ha have his episode be the first episode of the year and have it be an amazing one. You know, I think this is one of the best episodes yet. So that was really a great way to start the new year, especially for the Dark Art Society. So that's coming up. Um, let's see. Had Christmas. Uh, that was great. Uh, took a break that was half kind of lame and half great I was really I don't know it always takes me a while to wind down after I've got I'm doing a lot of work and so once I was able to wind down I started uh, giving myself time to play and started getting back into ZBrush relearning ZBrush and um, some 3D programs I used to use and uh, that got a little bit frustrating because i've forgotten so much it's on one hand uh i remembered more than i expected but on the other hand i was like shit this stuff is really hard i forgot how hard it is to do 3d <laughs> but um so then that kind of started bumming me out i was getting really frustrated and i'm like this is my vacation i'm supposed to be having fun so i i just painted i started doing some paintings and and kind of got back in the groove and and um and uh, so it kind of wound up on a, on a high note, although it was a weird energy. There was, I, I felt, a, you know, a weird energy towards the end of December. But I'm feeling a great energy now, like I said. So I'm excited about that. Excited about the new year. And um, so, yeah, let's, let's get on with this interview because it's so damn good. Uh, if you want to support, you can go to patreon.com slash Society. That's what makes this podcast happen is your support. And we've got two new subscribers this week, Steven Zapata. That was cool of him. Thank you, Steven. Very awesome of you. Really appreciate it. And we also have Albert Fisk. Thanks, Albert. Um, yeah. So if you want to join, support the cause, help to spread the good news of dark art. You can come to patreon.com slash dark art society, get in the private Facebook group. That's amazing, full of amazing people and amazing artists. And uh, you won't be disappointed. 
So I guess, I guess that's it. Let's just get, get on with the interview. Uh, it's so good. All right. So that's it. Um, enjoy the interview and here we go. There it goes. That strange voice I can't get used to. What's up, nice. Stephen? How you doing? I'm good. I am very good. How are you, Chet? I'm good. I'm great. It's uh, a new year. You're feeling I, good in the new year? I'm feeling good in the new year. I'm feeling good to have you as the first interview of the new year of 2022. I thought that's that was pretty cool. It's so, an honor. I'll say that. <laughs> ah, thanks. Honor's all mine. Your stuff is amazing. Your stuff's great. Um, yeah, I, I just... I. Uh, I've been trying to get into YouTube more, trying to just, you know, get more of a foothold in that space because I've had this mm -hmm. YouTube account for like 15 years and never used it really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I've been on there more and, and uh, lately, I don't know, I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while now. I'm just trying to get into it. But mm -hmm. I kept seeing your videos come up and it's like, oh, I know his work. And then I dropped in that one day you were doing that live stream. I, yeah. I, I watched you on some other ones too. I just didn't say anything. But then that the one where I asked you to be on the show. Um, so yeah, so I was just kind of like, oh, a new a new art artist friend. Why not have a new artist yeah. friend on the uh, first uh, 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 new show of 2022? And that, well, thank uh, you that, for that. That, yeah, that piece you're working on was great. So awesome. Oh, thanks, man. It was yeah. pretty, you know, typical, you know, extreme combat, heaven <laughs> so and hell, cool. demons battle, you know, that's, was, that's the good stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, and no, that was great. I just saw on your Instagram too the color version, because I don't think you were, I didn't see the color part of it. I just saw where you kind of were blocking it out. And it was really and in, actually informative, really interesting to see how you work. And um, yeah, it was awesome. That's, that's funny, because like we said on that stream, uh, I, I, had your uh nomon dvd from oh, years, right. <laughs> years ago on my bookshelf for like a, a comically long time back when i was at art center so it's weird that you know the ouroboros is happening where it's like i learned from you and now you're watching me and you're right like, oh. totally <laughs> like that's weird because probably you informed that somewhere in there at the base that's so cool that's amazing and it's oh. it's funny it's funny because like when i try to remember like i was consuming so much instructional content back mm -hmm. in those days it's like I can't remember the content of the DVD at all. Like right. I, I know I picked up techniques and Photoshop stuff and things like that. But what I remember vividly, well, one, I know I watched it, right? I watched them all over and over again. Right. And I also remember where it sat on my bookshelf right next to a Ryan Church DVD. I remember that wow. super vividly on my white bookshelf. That was like just a little one. It was like half height right behind my door in my in my bedroom back in college. It's so funny. Well, that's Life, a, I mean, good, crazy. good company there. And, mm -hmm. and I got this that you recommended. Oh, word. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I got good, it. Uh, good and, and cheap. Like, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Cause you know, the last time I bought a Wacom tablet, it's like Wacom was kind of the only game in town. I'm talking like 10 yeah. or 15 years ago or so. I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. And I got, got my uh, last one and that was all you could get. And they were all expensive. And so when you told me that you're using this cheap one, I was like, shit, it's like 116 bucks. I'm just going to get it. And it works yeah. great. It works great Dude. for Photoshop, ZBrush. Mm -hmm. I'm having some trouble with. Oh, really? Yeah, Dang. I don't. I don't know what it is, but I'm just like 
relearning ZBrush recently. I haven't used it in, in years. And so, but Photoshop, it's like working like a dream. It's beautiful. Yeah. I don't think I've, I wonder, I don't think I've used ZBrush since I got that one. So who knows oh, okay. if I took it into ZBrush, maybe it would have the, the same issues, but I'm glad it works for Photoshop. Yeah. And, that's uh, what I bought it for mainly anyway. It's great yeah. though. So, so nice. Uh, I love it. I love it. So thanks for that recommendation. No problem. So anyway, let's hear about, let's hear about your life story. Oh man! Uh, okay. <laughs> How did it all yeah. begin? How did it all begin? Were you an art kid? What's the deal? Yeah. Yeah. I was an art kid. Um, yeah. I just have to own that kind of outright. I, I don't really remember a time where I wasn't making art and drawing the, um, the story that I usually tell here when people ask is that my, when I was very little, uh, this might even be pre-memory for me. It might just be that I think I remember it, but I just know my sister's story. Right. Um, the uh, She drew a cat for me where she did like the circle and then the triangles. And she was explaining to me like circle here, circle here, triangles for the ears. And uh, the way she tells it, I made her draw it over and over and over again. I was like, show me again. Oh, cool. Show me again. Wow. And I, it was like, I, the, the magic spell had been cast at that point. And I, it like completely took over my brain. And I was like, how's that possible? How could it be that you can do shapes in this order and the audience will view it as something? I'm sure I was even using those words in my young mind, something like that. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I just never got over it. That's what I say. I just never really got over that. Well, that's um, it. That's it. Interesting too, because you seem like you know, very big on education and, and, you know, but going to art center for one thing is kind of a big deal. And, uh, you talk about all these DVDs and you were learning a lot through, through, uh, Nomon DVDs mm -hmm. and this and that. So it's, it seems like that seems, that's seems like what that was with your sister. Yeah. Tell you heard showing you over and over is basically watching a Nomon DVD over and over. <laughs> that I'd never thought about that either. Actually, that I had that's an interesting insight coming from you. I, had, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah, it was also, damn. Yeah, the first moment of art was also an educational right. moment. That would make sense. Why that has stuck with me. Thank you for that. That's useful. <laughs> I never struck me. It's it's so cool. It's so yeah, cool. Go figure. I'd never thought of that. All right. So yeah. So yeah. That's where it, that's where it kicked off. Um, so I drew always beyond that when I was young, I drew, uh, I think for my generation, I, I have a lot of, uh, I think our early influences are pretty in common. You know, I was drawing a lot of anime that I was watching, uh, mm -hmm. Dragon Ball Z was big mm -hmm. for me, which I think opened my mind to like anatomy. I was mm. like, those, those, their muscly arms look good. How do I right. do those muscly arms? <laughs> so that got, that got me interested in anatomy, I think pretty early. Uh, I also drew stuff from video games and stuff like that. I was very influenced by video games. That's that's definitely where it started off early on. Uh, you know, my mom still has some of those ancient sketchbooks that have oh, cool. yeah, characters from video games and things like that. And then that grew. I don't remember when I got exposed sort of to the old masters, I guess, mm -hmm. like uh, the really like traditional Renaissance art. Um really got in there kind of early I oh think. really as a kid huh i think so yeah because uh my my mom uh you know my, my background is uh my parents are from colombia and that's mm. a very catholic country so mm -hmm. a lot of iconography around yeah. in my household when i was young and um yeah you're gonna cross paths with the sistine chapel at some point uh in that iconography <laughs> so yeah i was definitely seeing some classic high renaissance art um, in that sort of religious context. And 
it influenced me. I think it, I think it did get in there. I, I started looking at that seriously for like pointers and influence a bit later, but um, yeah, I'd say I sort of, I think around 14 ish, I started taking improving seriously. Mm. And uh, I didn't really, I didn't have a distinct goal for that in mind. It was just like, I think at some point I realized like, oh, if you draw more, you get better. So right. let, let's try, we love this. Let's try to do this more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like, I have memories from my freshman year of high school of like in class, putting my textbook up and I had like anatomy plates open in front of me instead. And I was like copying skeletons and things like that. <laughs> That's great. So that was pretty early on with, with some of that stuff. Um, and awesome. then, and then uh, the next step was I went to see the third star wars prequel that was a that's the next step i went to see the third star wars prequel so i forget what year that was but i think i was 16 maybe Mm -hmm. something like that and um i saw it so this was revenge of the sith and um sat through the credits or just the very beginning of the credits it was like made by george lucas concept designer ryan church and i was like i stood up in the theater you know my best friend omar was right next to me i remember it so vividly i was like what the hell is that? <laughs> Who, what, what artist has his name right after the director? Right. Right. And, um, and like many people up until that point, I sort of, I'm sure you've experienced this cause you were in production and you did it uh, VFX and stuff like that. Like there's a, until you tune into that stuff, you don't even ask yourself who designs these things. Right. Like, how do you make these things? Like you, uh, it, unless someone like shows you behind the scenes DVD or something like that, it doesn't even occur to you. So oh, that yeah. was, yeah. That, and that's sort of how everybody sort of ingests media and things like that. So that was the first moment that kind of cracked it open for me. So I remembered his name. I went home, I Googled it. Uh, I saw who his buds were. I saw where they all went to school. I discovered that this was a thing, you know, I'm from, I'm from New York. So the, I, I hadn't crossed paths with like the LA production stuff right. up until that point in my life. When I talked to people about art, they were like, well, you're going to be a gallery painter or a performance artist or something like that, <laughs> or you're going to draw comic books. And right. it's like, those, those were the three avenues, right? Interesting. Yeah. So that was the first time that it got, my eyes got open to that. And then I went all in. You know, I just went all, I went all in from there. I was like, well, those guys went to art center. I'm in the market for a college. So I'm just going to try to go there. Um, that was the only school I applied to out of high school. Wow. Uh, I, I wanted nothing else. I was like, one, once I saw that there was something that was kind of what I thought at the time was exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's it. I'm just, there's no compromise. Yeah. That's the place to go for that pretty much, yeah. or, or maybe I don't know how it is now, but it seems like at the time that was kind of the, the place to be. For sure. And, and you know, I mean, I've taught there recently, so I, I oh, do have cool. some opinions on on like what what is it now and things like that. And right. the markets change, you know, the world changes. It's like stuff is always fluctuating and right. moving. So um, yeah, I guess, I guess we could come back to that later if we want, but um, I, I applied there. I... I got into illustration there. I'm trying to remember correctly. I got into illustration there when um, I applied. And then I found out that they had just opened an entertainment design 
program. Oh, wow. And I was like, well, now illustration's wrong. So I didn't go. Uh, I, I was like, I can't go in for illustration. So I tried to get in for entertainment design. Um, but the deadline was extremely soon. And I'd made an illustration portfolio. I knew that uh -huh. wasn't going to work for entertainment design. So I tried to throw together real quick, like, look, thumbnails, right? Like, look, here's, <laughs> the, here's, here's what design looks like. Right. And because I had never really done that before, it, it was horrible. And I got rejected. <laughs> I didn't get in. Um, so, uh, you know, I went and met with them. They were like, here's why you got rejected. But you can do illustration. Do you want to go into illustration then maybe try to transfer? And I've always been an extreme guy. So I was like, nope, see you in a year. So, <laughs> <Wow>. uh, <laughs> so uh, I didn't do illustration. I, but I moved anyway. I, I told that my parents were like, you didn't get in. And I was like, doesn't matter. I'm moving to LA. So I moved, uh, I rebuilt my portfolio over the next year, applied again with may, way more work, way better work. And I got in. And uh, then I went to school for four years uh, in entertainment design. Where were you living when you moved out? Uh, first, I moved in with my sister in Santa Monica. I lived oh. with her. She had already been living out there. She's quite a bit older than me. So uh, I moved in with her uh, in Santa Monica. I think I lived in Santa Monica with her um, for like nine months. And then once it was a time, once I had gotten into school and uh, I knew I was gonna go, then I moved to Pasadena just yeah. right there at the bottom of the hill. Cool. Uh, yeah, I love Pasadena. Nice place. I lived I lived in Pasadena the whole time that I was in LA, which was about nine years all told. Oh, wow. Shit. Yeah. And we never yeah, saw each other. I'm Go like figure. right near Pasadena where I live. It's like, oh man, 15, Close minutes, miss. 15 minutes from Pasadena. Close miss, man. All right, next <laughs> time I'm out there, we'll, we'll be sure to cross paths. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. For so, sure. uh, so yeah, I went to school there for four years. I did not graduate because I got into a studio over there right at the tail end. I went into um, a, uh, a company that did all sorts of stuff, but mostly theme parks uh, called ThinkWell. That was where I went right after school. Um, so How'd I didn't you get that gig. Uh, you know how it is, friends. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all <laughs> so, about your friends. So true, man. Yeah, yeah, it's all about your friends. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ahmed Alduri helped me get that that job. He was um he was already working there. He'd been doing he'd been doing some freelance stuff for them for a bit, mm -hmm. and uh, they got overworked on something. They needed a recommendation, and yep. he put me on. Yeah, that's oh, how cool. it goes. Cool. That's why I always tell students, I'm like, you you need to start making friends immediately. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I say the same thing too to people, especially people trying to get into fine art. You know, it's like go to the shows and network and meet the people that run the galleries and meet the buyers and meet people who go to the shows. It's like, that's half the battle. You know? Absolutely. People you know? want to think it isn't right. People right. want to, people want to hope it's all about yeah, it's meritocracy. You know? <laughs> Cause yeah. And also who wants to go, especially artists who wants to go and like meet new people all the time. I know it was like, for me, it was really hard because I'm not naturally a, uh, person that just can go talk to someone I can you know I can do it now but at the time when I was starting I was just like super shy and did not like just going up and starting a conversation with someone I didn't know so yeah, yeah artists are you know so, so many artists are introverted it's a hard uh truth to swallow yeah yeah it's a uh, and everyone has their own sort of process with it and you need to find some balance that's comfortable with you but yeah it's important it's really important I never had much I've always been comfortable talking to people. My I came at it from a different problem of um, 
was just like very absorbed in the work. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I think like most artists, I experience, I experience some social anxiety, but mm -hmm. I actually, you know, once I'm talking to someone and things like that, that's never bothered me. I like right. talking, you know, I, I have a lot of fun having conversations, but the idea of like, all right, do it regularly and make it a priority. I'm, I'm like many artists. I'm like, I gotta be in the studio. Right. You know? Yeah. Not good yeah, enough. Yeah. I gotta be getting better and yeah, making yeah. better stuff. And it's like, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's the other way, thing. It's so big. That feels so big. You know, it's mm -hmm. way more, it's way more energetically overwhelming than like, all right, go have a glass of free wine at this gallery opening and uh, shoot the shit about whatever. What's the, what's the cursing status on this podcast, by the way? Sorry oh, that I. Anything. <laughs> all right. There, there's no, there's no cursing thing. Backdrop. <laughs> That's good news for a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just slips out. <laughs> no uh, problem. Yeah, so that's how I got that job. And then I, I worked, that was my first uh, studio gig. And I did that in studio for um, three years about. So I did that after I was done with school. Then um, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, uh, we were living together in LA. She got a, we're both native New Yorkers. We've known each other from back when I was in New York. She got a job out in New York. She was like, what the hell are we going to do? I was like, just take it. I'll figure it out. And, uh, let me pack up here. And, um, I think I can do the freelance thing. So, um, then I, yeah. So I ended my time at the studio, moved out to New York, started doing remote instead, mm. kept doing some work with that client, getting new clients, uh, that my, my longest stint on one thing in that period was, uh, I did video game concept art. I worked on elder scrolls online for a bit over a year, a pretty extended mm. contract wow. for, for freelance. I did that. I did that all remote. That was, when was that? I think that was 20, 2017 or 2018, I think somewhere in that, in that range. So you must've uh, been set for COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I was you ready. Know? <laughs> Just you know? doing all the work remotely. It's like everyone had to catch up to you. Yeah, yeah, no, I was giving tips, you know, <laughs> dude, everyone that I knew was like, this is so, what do I do? And I was like, start the day with exercise, drink a lot of water, be creative first, then do your chores. Don't answer your emails. Spinning it out left and right. Yeah, I had yeah. all sorts of, I had all sorts of input for everyone's existential crisis. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, you know, it really, aside from, you know, how we got groceries, it was like nothing changed for me because I never go anywhere anyway. And I'm always in the studio working, you yeah. know, that's it. It's yeah. been like that for years now. So it was yeah. like it, it weird, weird to, it's, it was weird to not feel that kind of stress that most people were feeling. Yeah. You know, because it's like, uh, you know, I just, uh, I'm used to this kind of lifestyle. I'm the solitary dude. It's just kind of the way I am. So right. to see people freaking out about it, I was kind of like, wow, what a trip. It's a bummer. It, it, it is a bummer. I mean, yeah, I saw a lot of people go through painful times, painful yep. times getting through it. And I, I do still get it because I wouldn't say I'm quite, even after all these years, I wouldn't say I'm quite comfortable all remote. Like, oh, really? Yeah. You seem yeah. more, you seem just from what talking to you and, I don't know your your energy. You seem a lot more extroverted than someone like me, like your average artist. You know. Yeah, I think I've come to to accept that about myself. I, <laughs> that's I like a good to, thing, man. That's like a that's a bonus. That's a bonus. Think, it's like I think so. Being that's introverted good, yeah. is like a, a a real hindrance. You know, you have to 
something I had yeah. to kind of like get over in order to get this fine art thing going. It was really kind of a struggle, but mm-hmm. you can do it. That's great though. I mean, I admire that. I admire yeah. people that are like that. I feel lucky. I feel lucky about it. I, I tend to think of myself as um, uh, an introvert who's like extrovert curious. I think I, <laughs> I think I saw that on a t-shirt at some point and I was that's like, good. that's it. That's some good t-shirt wisdom right there. It's perfect. <laughs> but I, but I, I still think I am a real introvert because like I still get, you know, like parties and stuff don't energize me. You mm. know, like I, I still get my energy from being alone. You know, that's right. where I get my energy. Like yeah. I said, I, I don't get stressed by talking to people and, right. and more extrovert <clears throat> things. But when like the friends that I have who are like true extroverts, it's like if they're alone, they're tired. Right. They're getting more and more tired. And <laughs> or, it's like being. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. people I know people that like have to be around people or they yeah. like feel like they, they don't know what to do when they're alone. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they have to be around crowds of people. And I'm like, wow, that's totally that's the different of me yep but absolutely. uh sounds no, like you I, got you got kind of like one foot in both which is great which is the yeah. best place to be i think yeah i think you know? so it's a good balance and you get to be back home you know mm-hmm. that's great that's, that's sounds like the sounds great to me i mean i don't know how, so how do you like it as working doing freelance uh, like remotely are you do you still want to be in the studio like in, in a in an environment with other people what what I have realized um, um, is that I am a very hard person to please. That's what I realized. I have a ve- I have a very like specific thing that I want, and um, I if I don't have it, I'm not happy. And mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, it, it took a long time for me to sort of because it feels bad to say that, right? Like I I um I I. I want to be a different person a lot of the time. Like Mm -hmm. the person that I want to be is like this stoic individual who's like, any situation is fine. (laughs) I can control my emotions and things like that. It's like, that's, that's the inner image of what I'd like to be. But, um, thankfully with introspection and therapy, therapy is also useful. I realized that. Yeah. I, I realized it's just like, I'm not that guy, you know? And, uh, and I've had to, yeah, I've had to accept the truth that, um, I'm hard to please. There's a very specific thing that I want and uh, the compromises and things like that. They just don't cut it for me, you know? So um, yeah. Knowing yourself is, is it, it's not being, being something that's better than what you are. It's more like accepting who you are is what it's all about. I think, you know, it's a hard journey. It's a hard journey. Yeah. (laughs) It's so important. (laughs) It's so important. Yeah. So I, I would say that what that looks like for me is like, yeah, I don't like being alone all the time. I actually do like um, having people around. Like, uh, I like the studio environment. It, mm-hmm. it is a lot of fun for me. And and my God, like when you need a break, you need downtime. There's just people around to get energy yeah. from and to chat with. It's it's good fun, um, but that is not enough to justify the work not being perfect. It's like if if the work isn't the work you want to be doing you'll turn that place into hell in no time. Right. You know? True. Like, That's true. That's a good point. So, good and, point. and, and like, yeah, like I talk to people and they're like, well, you know, you can't have it all. And it's like, tell me that on my deathbed, like, <laughs> yeah. give, me, give me a chance to figure it out. You know, like, we'll, we'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. When I left the effects business, ultimately it's, you know, you say that and it's, you know, got me thinking about it. 
differently. I've had a lot of reflections on my time in, in, in effects because I, I was there for like 20 years. And um, mm. uh, towards the end there, when I really got sick of it, I was I felt like I wasn't doing work that I wanted to be doing. And so therefore the environment, it's and I was like at the, you know, well, yeah, I was at Rick Baker's shop, which is like mm. the best shop ever. So that's amazing. The and the, yeah. that's the one. And it's like, yeah. it was just incredible. And <clears throat> even that, you know, you start looking at the negative aspects of it and being cooped up and not being mm -hmm. able to come and go when you want and having to deal with personalities you might not like. And, you know, you, there's obviously good and bad in that kind of environment, but yeah, I, I think that was the case for me. Um, not, not being satisfied personally with the work made me a little bit negative to, to the whole situation. And now that I, uh, I, about a year after I left, I got a better, more realistic view of, of what a great work situation that was and how much fun I actually had. I mean, had so much fun ultimately overall. And, um, and I did kind of miss it, you know, working on a cool project like Hellboy or something, like something where yeah. it's like, or a tool video where it's yeah. just like, with a crew is really there's nothing like it it's really amazing when it, we are when you're working with people that that are really good artists or at least people that know what good is <laughs> that mm -hmm. helps uh, like you know i'm higher ups and stuff that 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 have good taste in art and um want to make something really great and everyone's motivated i mean there's nothing like working on a team like that it's yeah. super fun and, and energizing for sure yeah the the work is dang, it's it's important because it's like you got you got into it to do work that you like right? right like no one there's very few artists who get into it to be on a team you know right just perfectly <laughs> honest you know um the team is good support and you know a, a lot so many jobs they they make or break on the nature of the team the people yeah. that you're, well, you're working with but the work's yeah. the core you know yeah. you gotta you gotta like the thing that you're doing especially because yeah art is freaking hard you know yeah. it's super hard to do and it's time consuming yeah. and it requires a lot of focus in a way that let's face it most things really don't a lot right. of the time and um yeah if it if it doesn't feel right if you're not connected with it it's nigh unto impossible to muster that focus and that exactly energy yeah into that. i've said that many times and I, I totally agree it's like uh uh, uh, don't, don't become an artist unless it's really, really what you are passionate about, because there are so many, there's going to be so many times where you're going to want to quit and be frustrated because it's so hard to do yep. that you have to have that passion to carry you through the rough times. Cause there definitely will be rough times, difficult times where it's, where it's, yeah. you just can't get this thing or you can't get whatever, you know, color mixing or whatever. It's yep. like, you'll get there, but you have to have that, that passion for it to carry you through. And, and it's because it's like, you know, if you're doing it for money, there's way better ways to make money. Yeah. Easier yeah. ways to make money. For no, sure. Dude, it, it takes like 15 years to get good at drawing. Like, don't be <laughs> yeah. a lawyer, you know? Like, <laughs> if it's just about fine. the money. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Seriously. Yeah. I, I, I do not, I occasionally get the student who they really put big importance on the money. And I'm like, 
who lied to you? Like, they, <laughs> what happened here? Like, the the money can't be it. There's no way right. that can be it. You know, like right. you gotta. There's ways you can get there and you can make some money. You know, if you work hard and you hustle and stuff like that. Which I hate that word hustle, but there's no other way to describe it at sure. a certain point. But it it's a bad place to start. It's it's yeah. bad. It's bad ballast for the balloon in general. I would say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That. Yeah, and especially this is. This is uh, an issue too with, I think people getting into becoming fine artists. Cause now it's like, you could be a fine artist nowadays. You could sell yourself direct on Instagram and stuff. You really can do it. And, um, but at first you have to eat shit, you know, it's like, you're not going to get your, you're not going to get a good hourly rate for your painting that you spent a week on. You're not going to get a week's pay. No way. No one's going to buy it until you kind of have a reputation. Your name's out there. Yep. That's, that's assuming the work is, you know, really good too it's like it takes time to get good work so you just i mean when i was i was in effects i was in shows selling uh paintings that i sell now for like almost four grand mm -hmm. for like 300 250 300 bucks and it's like yeah. they're not that much better now <laughs> that sounds about right man because i was like right. i knew at that point when i you know i was a few years in but i knew i had to sell i had to sell cheap to get a record of sales and get a collector base and it's like yeah. You know, I know this is, you know, maybe 50 cents an hour, what I compared to, you know, selling it for this much, but I'm looking at 10 years ahead. You know, I'm looking for the, I'm looking for at a point where I could sell that for like four grand, you know? So yeah, uh, yeah it takes, you can, and, and in fine art, it's, it's even harder to make money, but you can do it. It just takes forever, you know? Yeah. It's a hard road to hoe. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I applaud you on everything that you've done there. You know, but <laughs> I've tried a I've tried a lot of stuff in art, but I I have not gone down that road, which yeah, is it's a hard road. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm watching all of you guys do it, and I'm picking up <laughs> tips, you know, if if I ever give it a shot. But um, yeah, that that's that's a realm that yeah I've never quite dipped into it, you know. I've it's tried something. A lot. It's something you could do. I mean, the, the, all the stuff in your website, it's all it all looks like fine art to me. It doesn't look like commercial art or anything or illustration. It's like those are gallery worthy pieces you know so Thank it's you. like you could do it and just just add it's almost like as a i don't know uh, you have to have a lot of energy though to have, it's like a second job you know and it's like i can tell yeah yeah <laughs> look what it did to me <laughs> you should have seen me before i started i look like you <laughs> oh no yeah, you're killing me dude <laughs> but uh yeah it's just it's you know it's hard uh, I, I started this group show. We haven't done it because of COVID for the last two years, but it's called Conjoined. We did it for 10 years straight. It was like mm -hmm. Cop Copro Gallery's biggest group show. And the whole idea was to get all these artists I knew from makeup effects that were so amazingly talented that were never showing in a, a, in a, in a fine art context. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up being a mix of uh, fine artists and makeup effects artists creating fine art. And it was super popular show. Cool. Every year. Amazing. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I, I never yeah. went to it, but I definitely feel like I've seen uh promotionals for yeah, it and yeah. heard about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like been around for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's 12 years ago, I think, because we did and then we did for 10 years straight. But um the thing is, I it's so hard to get effects people I found to to get into um fine art because of the pay mm. is so much better in fine art in uh, effects and it's regular 
And yeah. I, I remember when I left the business, I was like, I'm going to be a trailblazer. You know, I'm going to be one of these, I'm going to be an effects guy that leaves effects and becomes a fine artist. And then everyone's going to follow me over because all we all do all day, we used to do all day is bitch about what we were working on and yeah. working on the nutty professor and all these movies that were like, and it, what not the, you know, nutty professor two or whatever, or some movie that ended up being uh -huh. kind of done we're pouring our hearts into just bitching and wanting to be fine artists and so i thought yeah everyone's gonna do it man when i should when i show that it can be done everyone's gonna do it and like nobody did it and then i realized it's because they they they're used to making like good money regularly and it's like they don't want to and you can't blame them you know they don't want to put the time in and and eat the shit for five years and get yeah. paid a a quarter of what they would be making in effects so it's like yeah i mean yeah. yeah i i see people sell you know drawings for these rates that i'm like that's like i'm gonna part with a favorite drawing when it's like i could just make that amount of money with like a couple hours of right work, <laughs> totally. you know like that's yeah, why yeah. that. like it's hard <laughs> it's a hard thing to it's a hard pill to swallow yeah absolutely Oof. yeah 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 it's but it's like you know for me it was i guess it, it was the life raft. It was like, I couldn't take any more of, of the effect stuff. Cause I just felt like I kind of went as far as I could. Right. And, I, and I had this desire to express my own thing. And I, and mm -hmm. I, and I, it was so rare that I was able to do that in, in a, on a movie. Yeah. Um, like Hellboy, they let me, Guillermo let me do this character called the Chamberlain or Hellboy two. It was like in the movie for three seconds. <laughs> It was Those like are good seconds. <laughs> it was like the king's right hand man, and he's like, "Make it anything you want." And so I got to make one of my guys, you know, <sighs> something that I would paint, and it was like, "Wow, you know, how long have I been in this business at this point? Like fifteen years, and and uh, this almost never happens." And it, it ended up being really cool, and it's it was it was a great character, but it just never happens except for like the tool videos. I would get an opportunity. Adam would always be like you know, make this one, make this character look like this, but this, I don't have a design for this one. So you come up with something, but that was just, so doesn't happen very often, but I had enough of a taste of it to where I'm like, I want to just do what I want to do. So uh, I had to kind of go full bore to make it happen and make money at it in order yeah. to be able to leave. So you're Makes young, sense. you're young. You, you still, you still got plenty of years we'll before you get burnt out. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm always fighting the burnout, man. I feel like e even young, I've had, I still, even though I've had made a lot of progress and done a lot of things, it's like, there's like a day a month still where I'm like, what was I thinking? Let's quit. Like right, this is, right. this is all. Oh yeah. Cost, right? I, yeah. <laughs> I have that too. I have that too. Even now with, with the, the fine art thing, every once in a while, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? This is ridiculous. Yeah. You're crazy. You're crazy. You could have done anything else. Anything else. Why this? Yeah, it's so intense. The the and it I the only thing that makes it better is that it's just I've experienced that day so many times that I'm just like right. All right in two two days it'll be different. You'll yeah yeah you'll, you'll yeah. wake up two days from now and you'll be like I've solved art. I know what to do. So <laughs> just ride it out. It's like you just start to take it less and less seriously the more that that happens. So. Yeah, it's powerful when it comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's part of being a, a professional, though. It's like it's one of the things you have to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was going to say something. Oh, wait a minute. Let me think a minute. It was a good point about uh, it was a good point about 
being sick of effects. Damn. Maybe I'll come back. You can do it. You can find it. I can't. It, it, sometimes it comes back. I do this all the time. Something um, else will spur it on. Yeah. It, maybe it wasn't that important anyway, but I'm glad, I'm glad that things worked out the way they did. Um, you know, yeah. but I look, I, I do look back and, and think about like, man, that would be every once in a while a movie will come out and I'll be like, man, like when the walking dead came out when it first came out, I was like, fuck, I yeah. could have been working on zombies. <laughs> and like so a much lot fun. of zombies tons like of, zombies. of zombies that would be so much fun yeah. oh my god but you know i'll i'll yeah. i'll i'll paint some zombies myself or yeah what the it it's tough because yeah once you've been a pro for a bit you 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 also realize that how things look on the outside is never what they are oh yeah, on the yeah. Inside, right yeah. it's all almost always different except for the rare occasions like the one that you brought up like the ones that you brought up but 99.8 percent is just like of course it's not like that because it's all branding, right? Like every everything about the way a project presents and how it's talked about and how the people on the DVD talk about it, it's all groomed, you know? It's oh, all yeah, yeah. Very, totally. very carefully Sanitized, designed. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once you've been around that enough, you you know, you know it's not really like that. <laughs> yeah. So you, can't, you also can't just like get completely taken away by, by the way that these things present from the outside, right. you know? right yeah you know if you were in there there'd be there'd be plenty of problems there'd be other things to deal with and you'd probably you'd probably get sick of a i don't know spilling a zombie's guts for the thousandth time it's true yeah yeah i know actually i know a guy um that worked on walk the walking dead Mm -hmm. and and he posted something like three years into it or something he's like i never on facebook i think i never thought i'd say this but i'm sick of doing zombie makeups (laughs) You know, he was doing, I he was it. like one of, one of the key makeup artists on the show. I think he was the key on set makeup artist. And it's like, yeah, you get, you know, you do anything over and over, you're going to get sick of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, the thing, one of the big things about being an artist is that you're, you're a creative, right? Like before anything right. else. And it's like, for you to feel like a creative at some point, you've got to be doing new stuff. Right. Over, and right. often, right. It's like, you didn't, you didn't get into this stuff to, just succeed every right. time yeah, in like yeah, a very right. rigid way you know like the my favorite part of my practice is that kind of that feeling that i mentioned before like you just wake up one day and you're like i got it like it's yeah. just this new thing that came out of nowhere like that's the best part right for me, you know and and there's just very few jobs that rely on that or ask for that over and over and over again the the nature of production is that you know you're gonna nail it every time, right? right? That's why that's why we're paying you. So that just there's there's no way around it. That's going to cut off the like top level of creativity basically right. every time because yeah. the, that top level comes with a significant failure rate, right? That's that's what makes it so that you're riding the edge, that you're really looking right. for something <laughs> new and doing something different. It's just the way it is, yeah. you know. And you I gotta do, make your peace with it. I I I mean I do love that about you know, being a professional in fine art or in uh, production, but especially in production, because there's big money writing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, usually in fine art, if you fail, it's like your, your own ass, you know, you don't get paid that week or whatever. You don't get paid for this. You don't get the sale if you don't yeah. pull it off well, but <clears throat> I do like that. Um, that kind of pressure to have to have to do it every time. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
that that i don't know i like i like being able to do it every time that's fun to me yeah you know like no i get that because it, it's like i remember when i first started painting in like 2000 is when i first started teaching myself to paint and it's like and you know how it is when you're first drawing uh you you can't do it every time and so every time every time i do a painting i'd be like fuck am i gonna be able to pull this off i don't know if i could do it i did it on the last one but I don't know yeah, if yeah. I could do it this time. And so yeah. it would be like scary. And that really screws up. Or for me, it's, my experience was it screwed up my, um, my, uh, the way I painted. It made me too precious with what I was doing. And it's like, it got me too tight with things because I didn't want to mm -hmm. take any chances and screw anything up, yeah. you know? So, but, uh, but, you know, you just got to do it enough times to where you know how to always pull it off. And it's like, now I, I, I know I'll, I can pull it off. What even if I have to paint the whole thing over? It's like, yep. I know how to do that too. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, you know, this is probably going to start. This is probably going to start sending me some of the down some of the dark roads, like some of the some of the bigger critiques or worries or things like that. But um, I guess this is the place to do it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> like I, uh, you know the feeling of like wanting to be virtuosic, right? Like that is, a, that was a huge part of my, yeah. of my learning and Definitely. my career, right? Like I, I, um, I would say that I have, there's a really big part of my personality. That's like, I want to be, there's no nice way to say this. It. It's like, I want to be awesome. I right. want to be brutal. I want to be I want to just, who can keep up with him? Like, yeah. I want to mm -hmm. be great, right? Like, and it's always gross to say that out loud, but- it's, I totally agree. As part of, <laughs> yeah, as part of being an artist. Yeah. Like once you get in there and you're talking with other artists in an honest way, like we all have that, right? So yep. that was a huge part of my my learning, right? Like I know that, like, I don't want to mess up anymore. I want it, I want to win every time. Right? Like <laughs> I want to be good every time. Yeah, yeah. I want I want to know that nothing can can stop me, right? And um, well, I, I don't know if anyone has ever succeeded at that in some ultimate sense, but the parts of it that I the times that I did succeed and I felt like I was getting much better at those things wanted more right i was like especially once i was working right it was it was like all right i'm finishing one of these paintings a week let's do one every two days let's do one a day right, right? Mm -hmm. and then and then they're like oh steven you're so fast like let's put you in meetings with the clients it's like let's go and then <laughs> yeah. and then i just like i'm going into the i'm going into these creative sessions with the clients like the money people and like i'm like drawing their ideas and i'm like now i want to do this with no stress like it doesn't even matter and right. just like i would stop preparing i would just go in there and like yeah do, do dozens of drawings in a session and like just weird ego stuff. Like I, I start, like I stopped showing up with my laptop at one point. I was like, I just do them on paper now. I like it was some, <laughs> some week where I'd seen like Kim Jong-gi for the first time or something right. you know, I just do them on paper now, just markers, ink, no sketch. Like I was way out there, like just doing me while everyone at the meeting was like, uh, you know, like, but, <laughs> But it worked, right? And it, it was fine. Yeah, you Everything pulled it off. Going. You held yeah. yourself to the to the fire, and and yes, and you did it. I, I did pull it off. So it, uh, but the darkness comes where <laughs> at a at a certain point, you're like, who's benefiting from this? 
it's it's the masters it's the people with it's the big system right it's the right right it's, it's yeah. the people with the money making all of the decisions Holy, like, yeah 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 at a, at a that rem go, i remembered go. i remembered I remember the thing I was going to say. All right, hit it. Hit uh, yeah. <laughs> you reminded me, just like you said. Uh, that's the that was the part of my a big part of my issue was um, I felt like why am I why am I killing myself? Like why am I pouring my heart and soul into this when this director I go on set and this guy you can tell just doesn't even give a shit whether yeah, the movie's going to be again. It's a gig. And I'm not mm -hmm. talking about like Guillermo del Toro or any yeah, you know, good I, I don't director. Think any, I don't think anyone thought you were. I don't think anyone thought <laughs> yeah. it was Guillermo. But, you but I, you know, about. I've dealt with people where it's like, this is a gig for them and they don't give a fuck how the movie comes out whatsoever. It's like, okay, so I'm spending, I'm, I'm losing sleep at night because I can't get this director to um, realize that this one design is amazing and this one design is kind of lame and he wants the lame one and i'm like trying to figure out ways of getting him to take a chance on this amazing design or this cool idea and and there's a point where you're like am i stupid why am i you know why am i killing myself when this guy doesn't give a shit the guy running the thing or the per or the producer or the 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 money people or whatever you know somewhere on the chain yeah. it's like that's you know uh that's that was a big part of why I wanted to leave because it made me feel like an idiot, kind of. Yeah. You know, like I'm just doing this to myself. And if I'm only doing it for the money, then this is not what I want to do. You know, yeah. it's like anyway, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but I'm I'm glad I remembered that. <laughs> yeah, no, that that we're we're totally aligning there. And uh it may sound yeah, a lot of this stuff can sound really ugly to talk about, but I can't help but be honest about this stuff. It's like, yeah, it can sound a little job interview. -y, like I care too much. Like that's my number one weakness. Right. It's like, yeah, it, it was my number one weakness to the tune of quitting, right? Like yeah. I'm out of here. Like let's do something else. Um, there, there's no, there, there's no other way to look at it, right? Like you, an artist's urges, right? Are, well, they're weird, right? And they're, they're there's nothing in society to hold the desire to manifest realities whole cloth uh, over and over again successfully and god help you fast right? right there what 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 in society has a box for that nothing right, right. so you but we if you if you're like i think we're probably similar like we've been doing this our whole lives we think about it all the time mm -hmm. you know we're trying to do it we've never I would only prefer to do it better, right? Right, and I, right. And I, yeah, and I would. I realize the amount of effort necessary there. It's like that. That urge so huge, so powerful. It's really weird to enslave that to, like you said, those people who really don't care, yeah. and who for them they're just like, yeah, we'll make it, and it'll make a ton of money because I already have a bunch of money, so I don't have to worry about risk. Right. And uh, yeah, just do exactly what I say, and it's like that once you're privy to that and once you're in there i think it chafes on almost everybody right mm -hmm. like i, I mean, oh yeah i i know i know very few contented artists right like i right. i i can count them on one hand maybe right like it, there's really like i said it was them. a constant constant bitching everybody everybody constantly throughout my career in effects everyone was just bitching all the time about yep. about stuff like that it's just kind of like the, the the way it is I, but i had a, a good friend of mine who 
he was a super cynic, amazing sculptor, Mitch Devane. And um, he said, he used to say, I always try and put my best foot forward and they step on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it, man. That's really it. It's like so, the people you're trying to help are stepping on your foot. Yep. So I, I started looking for, I mean, it was a reaction to that and a bunch of other things, but all, all within that realm. Like um, if you do this stuff long enough, you start to realize that, yeah, your best foot forward winds up hurting you because the incentives are all messed up. Like, right. I'm, I'm pretty fast, right? I'm a pretty mm -hmm. fast artist. Um, that wasn't a good thing because once they know you're fast, right. they're like, oh, Steve's fast. Give him the fast job. <laughs> yeah. And the fast jobs <laughs> suck, right? So you're, you're only doing less artistically fulfilling, more stressful stuff because you're so fast right. and, and you're good while you're fast. So it's like, in hindsight, I, I would go, I would go back and tell my younger self, like, just, just cool it. Like, yeah, don't, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. like, don't, if, if you're going to go that fast, don't let them see it. Like right. you don't want them to know that that's possible. Like it's, it's screwing you. It's screwing you yep, at all yep. of these different junctures. And there's all sorts of stuff like that. Um, Absolutely. And, yeah. And it, the, way, it got, the way you present your designs. Yeah. It's like, you, you know, you have to play a game. It's like, you can't show the best thing first. You have to, you know, or, or you show the, I forget how it's done, but there was a way we used to do it to where it's like, oh, they're always going to go back to the first thing you showed them. So, or, so right. it's like, you know, they want five designs, but they're going to, they're going to, it doesn't matter how good the other ones are. They're going to pick the first one because that's the one they saw. That was, there was this cool design. They saw it first, even though the fifth one's better. Yep. You know what I mean? There's like all oh, these yeah. games you have to play just, oh, and it's like, you're just, it's like, please just let me make your project amazing. That's all I ask. I'm begging you. But they won't get, let you. Yeah, but they won't, they won't let you. Let, it's like, you. that's what I mean. It makes you feel like you're going crazy. Like, why am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> it becomes painful at, yeah, totally, pretty quickly. Totally pretty quickly. painful. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, the design, it's sort of, it goes up and down with like, and, and every gig is different. That's also yeah, the other yeah. thing. Like people, often when people ask me, like, how do you like, freelance life and stuff like that. It's like, it depends on their job. You know, some, mm -hmm, true. I do, I do have to admit that just, if you were only to look at some jobs, it's like, that's perfect. Like I really, it was, it was a blast the whole time. And then right. other, and then other jobs are like, I should have been a plumber, right? Like right. why did I do <laughs> So um, it changes like that, but yeah, I, you know, a lot of stuff happened in my life. I learned more and more about the industries. Uh, I've been doing it since I was pretty young. Like I, I started design work when I was 20 and then I started working full-time at that studio when I was 21 22 cool. and then it was just like you know learned a lot real fast mm -hmm. so then uh so then I started opening my eyes to other things and and what I could do if I really like put my mind to opening up and and trying other things and uh yeah and that led to things like teaching doing the YouTube um mm -hmm. yeah a lot, lot of big developments from that yeah so yeah I, I guess well, to where we started, like, what's the arc of, uh, mm -hmm. of my life story? I think that that's basically caught up in some mm -hmm. rough sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. a lot of waggling. Right. Yeah. Of course, though. That's one thing I've discovered from doing this podcast is, is there's a ton of waggling. There's every artist's career is like a, a pinball going down a pinball machine, bouncing back and forth. It's like, yep. you know, we all kind of end up roughly, roughly maybe where we want to be, but we all got went these insane routes to get there and everyone is different. It's really weird. And there's usually 
linchpins that are similar. And, and, but every, but every, the rest of the journey is like totally weird and different. It's really yeah. strange. You know, it's, it's kind of cool actually, but. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think that, I think freelance is great though, man. It's like that to me is, if I wasn't just focusing on my fine art, I would be doing freelance before going back to effects mm -hmm. because, you know, you're always working with new people or yeah. jobs are changing. You know, I know that one thing in effects, it was more like a factory. It was like, okay, I got to, I got to sculpt another fake nose. And it's like, you don't even know really what the movie is. You just have a design and you sculpt the nose or you sculpt yeah. the black eye or you sculpt the cutoff arm or whatever. And it's like, okay, I've done this a million times and it's fine. You know, you just put your headphones on, you find some music you want to hear or a podcast or whatever. And it's, it's not bad sitting there sculpting oh. with your friends and having fart wars during your breaks and stuff. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> there was some epic fart wars, but oh, um, I bet. <laughs> let's go full nuclear. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mitch was the master, but uh, anyway, <laughs> he's best sculptor and the best farter too. Oh my um, God. <laughs> it was incredible. That it was that pollo ball every day at lunch. Oh, that'll do it. El pollo loco. Uh, but yeah, so it just was like, you know, you've done it's it becomes more like a factory job, really. Mm -hmm. And it's but but um I would I, I think I think if I were to kind of get back into uh, uh concept stuff, I'd probably do creature design as a freelancer. It's like I could do that. I've done that before yeah. because it's like I like the freedom. That's a big part is not having to drive to work every day. That was that was honestly a big part of what was killing me is traffic in LA every day and and it's real. Oh my god, it's horrible. It's horrifying. Yeah. Talk about soul destroying. But um, you know, I don't know. I like the freedom of freelance overall, I think. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I don't Yeah, I think I as much as I miss the studio environment, there's a reason I haven't gone back. Right. Right? Like I I don't know. Like I said, it it comes down to the work's not quite right you know right. so I, it, it would take a lot for me to it'd be it'd take a lot for me to be willing to like commit to one place like that, right you know every yeah. now and then you get a freelance gig where you wind up going in studio right because the place is nearby and stuff like that i've done a few gigs like mm -hmm. that where i spend a month or two at a place just because it's convenient and things like that but then once you're done you're done you walk out right and, right and you move on um yeah i think it would take a lot for me to for me to like take a W2 at a, at a particular studio. Right. Yeah. It, it would just, there'd need to, I'd have to have a lot of insight. Good, I'd yeah, have to know a lot a of good people. reason. Yeah. yeah I, I, be pretty precise. I was always very like, I'm a super loyal person to, especially to, uh, I mean, just, I'm a loyal person in general. And, um, but I was always like every place I worked, I was very loyal to that company. I was like a company man. I was really like team player. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd always look down on the freelancers, you know, because it's oh, yeah. like, you know, you, we'd offer them permanent positions or long positions and they'd be like, no, I got this other gig. And after all those years, I'm like, uh, they were right. <laughs> they were right. Totally you know, it's right. like I've been loyal to this one place for 10 years and uh this guy just laid me off or i've been working here for five years and they laid me off yep told me in two days my my i had a i didn't have a job there anymore so yeah. it's like they 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 have that's kind of a way of 
I don't know. It's a way of protecting yourself too. be freelance and not be yeah. at the whim of, you know, the place you're working to bring yeah. work in and not bring they're, they're, they're a business. They're a company. Yeah. Yeah. They, what they, I mean, if you read the language, they always betray it. They're like, we offer creative product, right? It's like right. <laughs> it's very clear what they actually are. So yeah, you gotta, I mean, it, it's funny. You talk to students now, they're, they're, I mean, most of them have really tied up all of their self-esteem. Uh, and I did it too when I was young. Like they've tied up their self-esteem with like what job they're going to be get, like right. that get validated by a company, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, now I tell them like, if your dream is that someone will take advantage of you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You're going to achieve it. <laughs> I believe in you. Like you can do it. <laughs> so it's, true it's gonna happen for you yeah. man so it's like that that is what that is what these businesses are and they'll never you know once you're in they'll they'll teach you they'll show you over and over again that they are businesses right and right. they no one will ever no company no matter how creative no matter how out there they will never make a decision that doesn't balance the checkbook never, right. oh yeah right? absolutely like, and uh and I'll tell you this, if you're like, no, my, my company did, I, they let go everyone but me. And like, they let go half the company and I'm still sitting there. They're very loyal to me. It's like, that just means you're not charging enough, baby. <laughs> right. <laughs> it has nothing to do with yeah, their it loyalty. Might be you. It might yeah, be you they, next time. They're, they're like, that guy, yeah, his rate is so low. We can float him so <laughs> we don't have to onboard somebody else. Right. Like, I just made someone very angry with that comment, but that was me. <laughs> so uh, trust me when I tell you that I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's not fun to think that to think that way, right. and then talk to someone uh, a couple years later and be like, "Oh, I was charging one fifth what everyone else was <laughs> yeah, charging." Right. Cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, now it's all everything's clicking into place. Yeah. I've had I've had this conversation so many times with people. That's why it's so funny to me. But uh, real, I mean, it's it's the nature of business. It's the nature of business. So you got to uh, deal with it. If you're going to yep. do that, you know, you got to know what you're getting into. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, charge more. Good. Place yeah. To start. yeah. 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 <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Push it as far as you can. And you got to be willing to not get the gig if, oh, if, yeah. you don't, if you don't get your rate. It's like I since I I've I still do freelance stuff uh, on occasion. But I've, since I became a fine artist and I've got my own reputation as, a, as an individual, I, I ask for more money. And if I don't get it, I just don't I don't do the job then because I've got yeah. I don't have to because I've got, you know, I can make my own money doing these little weird little paintings here. Yeah. I actually think that's necessary. Like, I really oh, think, absolutely. Yeah, be I, willing. Think for, I think for any early artist out there, like I would try to hit that point as fast as you can. That's a that's advice I'd give to most people. Like, it's not healthy for you or anyone else to just feel betrothed to every gig that comes in right because we all us artists we have that uh, at least i think so we all have that urge that like if you don't have something else going on if someone emails you about any job you're like i have to take it right, right. like I, i'm an artist Our opportunities don't come by like there's not a lot of chances right. like you just get this very small mindset and you just feel like you have to do it and you like and you do it you torture yourself into it and you pitch low and stuff like that. And yeah, I think you gotta, there's got, you need to find some way to inure yourself to those attacks. You know, you've got to have something else going on and something that lets you have some stability to raise your rate and ask for more. Right. You, know, you gotta, 
when you say your number, there should be a, a slight pause. You know, it's never, if you're saying your number and it's like, let's go, can you start tomorrow? It's like that, oh boy, you messed up. Like that just means you gotta go higher next time. There's gotta be a little, if you hear right. like a breath over the phone, like, like that's good. That means you're in a good place. You know, that's what you wanna do. So what is, what would your, what's your dream job? Like what you're talking about how, you know, some jobs are amazing and you've, you're mm-hmm. with a, you know, you, you've, you had a great time on them. Some, some, not so much. What, what kind of job is like an amazing job for you? What would you be excited to do as a freelancer? As like, a freelancer what, specifically? Like, well, a gig, just like as, a gig as, a, as an artist. Yeah. As you know, just like, is it, is it, what would it be? You know, there's so many different things that you yeah. do. You do, you've worked with like a million different clients seemingly yeah. probably doing all kinds of crazy shit. Um, I've done a lot of, a lot of wild stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like what's I, your ultimate? Is it like doing these kind of monster battle scenes or is it like weird creatures or is it, what is it? I'm just curious. What would be the thing that would make you like go, man, I'm so into this. I, I really want to do this gig. I think. All right. So first I'm going to, all right, let me, let me do a digression and then I'll, I'll, I'll attack that question more directly. So first off, I do think, I do think I'm the kind of person that I'm the, I'm the only person who can give myself that gig. Like I, all right, how to put it? Like <laughs> when I'm, when I'm illustrating paradise lost or something like that, right. Which is something that I've done. Uh, I've done a bunch just for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. That feels like I'm at the edge of my ability. That right. feels like I am, I am doing the most complicated thing I'm capable of. Like I'm translating extremely difficult source material. I'm adding my own voice to it. I'm executing it with hand drawing skills, traditional most of the time. I'm trying to push it to a really far level of finish. A lot of the drawings have multiple elements, figures, anatomy, like a lot of stuff from my imagination. It's like, I'm just about at the top of top of my, right. I'm, I'm doing the high wire act when I do that, right? And um, it feels good. It right. feels really That's good. It's fun, right? <laughs> it's the best. It really is the best. Um, and it's one of the few things that I can do that when I finish one, I'm like, I'm beat. I'm like tired. Right, it's like, I know. It, totally. It, the good tired. Wipes yeah, you yeah, out yeah. in a good way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it feels it's so good. Tired. I know. It, it feels so good. So that for me is like, that's a North Star, right? And then I ask myself like, what's the job version of that? What's the right. gig version of that? And it's like, who needs that? Nobody yeah. needs that. <laughs> that's like, true. I, I've, that's true. I've, dude, I've been around, I've been around just long enough, right? Cause I know I'm young, right? But I've done enough gigs. I've been up with enough people. I'm around, I've been around just long enough that I do kind of have that realistic view. Like, oh, right. Nobody effing needs that. No, no that's not what people need. Like clients hire for like, we're making a specific product. You're relevant for like this tiny right. little sliver of it. <laughs> and like, can you deliver it on time? Yeah, yeah. And um, and again, a lot of this stuff sounds ugly when you say it outright, but I know other artists feel this stuff inside. It's true, like, like my best, no one, no one can afford to pay me for it. Like my best, like a drawing that I spend like a really long time mm-hmm. on and I, I refine every part of it. It's like, no art director wants to pay me for that. They're like, you just like do half of it because like the budget, you know, like they, it's good enough halfway through, you know, to, to right. do the job. It's like, there's very few gigs that need that, that can afford to pay right. for it, stuff like that. So I sort of, for a while, that was dispiriting. 
right? I was, I was like, well, what? I, I've been preparing for a war that's not coming, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like a lot yeah. of the time. And uh, and I got over it. You know, I, I got over the dispirited part, and I just I realized that it just meant that I had to take on greater responsibility for myself. I was like, all right, I'll stop looking to other people for answers and things like that. That just means that you got to find a way to make that a sustainable part of your life, you know, and to, to find ways to monetize it mm. and to do it in such yeah. a way that it's not a waste of time and things like that. A very fine art approach. Right. 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 Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, that, that's my like nuanced answer to that question of like, what's your, what's your dream job. It's like, I'm done looking for other people to right. hand me things, you know, like I really don't, I, I, well, it sounds to it, me like your, your dream, your ultimate gig is doing whatever the fuck you want, yeah. making, making work for yourself. That, that's, that's <laughs> you know? really it, man. It, it's like, how, how many gigs have I started where I'm like, this is everything right. lining up the person, the job, the time, the this budget. It's going to be like, so amazing. Yeah. It's like, everything's perfect. And then a weekend it falls <laughs> apart. It implodes. It, it decompresses like the blob and everything right. wasn't what you thought it was. And it's like, Come on, man. This is, if we're just gonna keep, you know, betting on illusions over and over <laughs> again forever, it's like it gets tiring after just a couple times. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I I I just don't have. I love creatives, and I have a lot of faith. And and I, you know, companies still make amazing things, right? Like I, I'm yeah. not saying like there's not great gigs out there, but you've been doing this for a while. You're sometimes you're like this is pure luck sometimes like right place, <laughs> right time. Like even companies right. that like, even companies that have amazing track records, right. They put out their next thing and it's like all over the news. Like they lied to their fans. They destroyed the company. They right. oh, ruined yeah. the lives of all their employees. It's like, it's a crapshoot. It's right. a crapshoot, man. Yep. Like you can't, you can't trust other people to just hand you. It'd be different if you were like, a quantitative at a capital management firm, right? Maybe there, there's like objective criteria and it's like you work for a hedge fund and you can really figure out like they have the dream job. I don't know, I'm not a numbers guy, but in art, right. an artist's dreams are so big and expansive that it's like, how can you reasonably expect another person to hand you that stuff, right? It's like true, it's, it's true. Can, it's, yeah, it's almost too much to ask. It, I <laughs> any, think it is. Any, any business, especially. You know, maybe, so. maybe if you're like dealing, maybe if you're like a, a super high end, fancy blue chip, fine artist, and you've got like a billionaire benefactor, you yep. know, maybe then you'll get that, but maybe then, but <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, I think so. And you can't, yeah. and you can't, that's the other thing too, about uh, effect stuff is, you know, you can't, uh, Ex, you can't expect them to give that to you. Cause it's like, I, I found, I remember thinking I, I had a realization at one point, it's like, it's not even fair for me to expect to get this kind of creative fulfillment from them. It's not their job that to yeah. make me creatively fulfilled. It's their job to run their business, yep. you know? And so, that, that, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So I guess that's for me was the point where I'm like, okay, I, I have to do my own thing then, you know, it's yeah. like, people bitch and they don't go out and do their own thing. So it's like, who's, why are you getting mad at the people that are hiring you for a job when you're, you don't have the balls to go do it yourself Yep. for yourself. Yep. You know? So it's, and it's kind of like misplaced uh, anger, which I, I really feel like I did that a lot where it was not really, really fair, even though they're, you know, they're big 
corporation so who give who gives a shit but it's still it's not fair you know you can't expect yeah. that amen though seriously that misplaced amen. anger that was a that was a big hurdle for me right. over the years yeah i really had to had to do a lot of inner work to figure out right. like parse out like how much of this is you being an asshole how right. much of this is unrealistic expectations how much of this is their failings right like right, right. like like anything something like that's it's nuanced right there is yeah absolutely it's a coordination of things so it took a long time to sort of yeah reckon with that and, yeah. and all of that but yeah i but beyond that like the more straightforward answer like i just it 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 goes into the territory of like being unreasonable and being unrealistic of what other people can give me but yeah if, if there was going to be a dream gig it's not it's not like what i'm drawing necessarily right it's not it's not the content necessarily it's like i think it'd be like being partnered with like people who i feel are truly like elevating right. me creatively yeah, like be, yeah. being in that in that rare sizzling environment where even though like i'm very confident in myself right like i, I need to for this to land right i need to say this right like i'm not i'm not one of those self-deprecating artists like mm -hmm. i think that's annoying right like i, I don't right. like that um i'm very confident in myself i know i'm good i know i have a lot to learn but i know i know i'm good at what i do mm -hmm. to be in an environment where i feel like i'm at the bottom of the barrel again it's like let's go now mm -hmm. we're talking like i don't like being in meetings where i'm like great i'm the most creative person here like right. that's that's not a good feeling when that's not supposed to be the situation right like yeah it's not a good feeling like I think yeah, it, I agree. The Holy. dream, the dream gig would be where that feeling comes back, where it's like I'm just oh, it's all giants and like everyone here is more clever, more cunning, right. more creative, more experienced, and we're just like making something nuts, you know? Yeah, well, plus, was, plus you, you, I mean, that's that's the way to get better too. Like I, I was, mm -hmm. I came into that uh when i started working at rick's i was like i'd worked at this one company for 10 years and i was kind of like the art lead there and um and i just thought I, I was great you know and i was good but i wasn't great you know and um i got over to rick's and then i was like totally put me in my place you know like yeah. oh shit everybody you know all the everybody in the art department's better than me and i and i'm used to being the you know what i thought was like the best or one of the best at the place i was working Mm -hmm. And, um, but as soon as I like, I was able to not let that bum me out. I was like, oh, I'm going to learn from these people. Yeah. You know, this is inspiring rather than depressing. Yes. So I, I let myself be inspired by them and, and just, you know, within a year I was better than I'd, I, I'd made more progress than like five years at that old job. Yep. I was just seeing like how good it can be done. And I was like, oh shit, I didn't even know you could do it that good because <laughs> I've never the, seen it done that well before. You know, that's the best feeling, man. That's oh, like, yeah. The, the, and that can, when you've got like a year of that, that's like, that's like life auto. Right. <laughs> like, totally. oh my God. It's just, it's so clear. You just wake up, you're like, just do your best. You got to catch up. They're all so good. And then you're just like grinding it out, thinking right. about everything, asking right. questions. Like, I've had I've had the great honor in my life of having several of those periods and damn it's like those are life autopilot those moments it's yeah. like those are those are nice warm fuzzy years where it's just Oh like, absolutely you, you yeah. know exactly what you need to be doing yep. and then and then when you when you're not in one of those periods and it's more like you know 
you're like you're erecting the whole facade yourself and doing the business stuff and it's like those period those periods those feel like work those don't feel right. like a pilot that's like every day you're like what even is the right question to ask like right. how am i going to push this thing forward you know yeah yep. a lot of work a lot of work yeah yeah wow yeah, those are good times yeah <laughs> absolutely times. yeah super super fun oh my god it was weird when i went to rick's it was like i worked there for five years and i came in and he had like kind of like a regular crew of lifers that had been there mm -hmm. forever and i was kind of a new guy and i sort of got in because my friend like again we're talking about friends getting you jobs my friend bill sturgeon got me a job painting ears rubber ears for the who's on the grinch you know but it's like i was the art lead over at alterian you know i was the lead sculptor mm -hmm. designer and stuff and so i was like I needed a job and he's like, it'd be a good way to get in here. Um, just, you know, it's you're way overqualified, but eventually you could move into the sculpting department. Mm -hmm. And so I just painted all these ears, like one Caucasian flesh color with airbrush, one color pink airbrush, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these rubber ears. <laughs> it yeah. was really like, Oh God. But, yeah. um, but I knew I'd have an opportunity to show what I could do to Rick at some point. And then I did get that opportunity when planet of the apes came around and he's like, and, and everyone was just like, everyone sculpt a sculpt a, an ape maquette. Yeah. And so then, then I just stayed in the sculpting department from there, but uh, I don't know what were we talking about before that there was another point I was getting to. We were talking about feeling like you're in that environment where, Oh, Oh yeah. Like everyone's yeah. bringing you up, elevating. Right. You. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, once I got into the sculpting department, that's when I was with all these amazing people because the paint department was like one dude all right. cut off and I didn't know anybody. Oh, it was terrible. I felt awful because I didn't know. And I'm so, I was back then, I was really shy and um, it was really uncomfortable. I'd eat lunch by myself and <laughs> it was just like go yeah. drive to the park and sit there, and listen to the radio, and eat my sandwich. But um, I ended up getting in the, in the sculpting department. And then it was like, Oh shit, I got Kazu, the, the mythical Kazu. This dude's amazing. Like he did the Gary Oldman makeup on uh uh the Winston Churchill makeup. Wow. You know, that's Kazu. Yeah. It's like they called Kazu out of retirement. He actually is one of the only other people that got that left the business to get into fine art. He makes these giant, real super realistic silicone heads of celebrities and artists and stuff. Cool. Yeah, amazing. I wonder if I've seen them. Oh, I'm I mean, sure you have. Pretty iconic. I've I'm probably sure, seen them. Either. I'm sure you have. Um, but they, yeah, they called him. Gary Oldman said, "I'll only do this movie if you have Kazu do my makeup." And so, and so they pulled him out of retirement to do Dang. that. So he basically was able to charge. I bet you he charged him up the ass. It's so amazing. I, he oh, he, I'm sure he did. I'm sure. But that's like, can you imagine how cool that would be? Where it's like that's you're rad. just like, I'm the best in the business. He was the best. He's known as the best. I'm leaving because you suck. I'm sick of being treated like shit. I'm gonna do my own stuff, and then they have to come begging you to, to do their to do their movie because their lead actor won't do it without you. I mean, that yeah. is like I had him That's on a podcast it. before too, and I asked him about that. It's like so cool. It's like the it sounds, coolest thing ever. Sounds very validating. <laughs> so That's anyway, a good feather for the cap right there. Yeah. And he's like super chill. He would he would never brag about something like that too, which is the other cool thing. Mm -hmm. But um. Yeah, as soon as I was working amongst those guys, Matt Rose, Mitch Devane, all these just like powerhouse guys, it was like, I felt like I was just on my first movie again, like working on the blob when I when I was like the little guy sweeping the floors, doing molds on the blob, my first gig. And I was like, 
19 or something or 18. I forget how old I was and uh, working my way up. And then it was, but it was like that kind of having that input was just like, oh man, it was so cool yeah. and so much fun. Everything kind of got way more fun after that point. Yeah. Yeah. You need, I, I, I think it's a beautiful rite of passage kind of a thing to sort of wind up. I mean, if you go down the production roads, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's a beautiful rite of passage to be put in one of those situations where you're just, the team is elevating you and yeah. you're trying to catch up and uh, you're just surrounded by examples, clear examples of how to get better. And you know, yeah. there. it's like, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. 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 I, ironically too. It's funny. Cause it's, it's this guy. I talk about him on the podcast all the time. Um, he won't come on. Cause he's just not that kind of guy. <laughs> Mitch Devane, everybody mm -hmm. in the effects business knows Mitch Devane is like, yeah, I've, I've heard you mention him many yeah, times. Yeah. The best sculptor in the world. He's the guy, he's the guy that like, <clears throat> he was so kind of bitter about the industry overly bitter, I would say, mm -hmm. but he got me thinking about, I was sort of like in this blissful ignorance like oh i'm lucky to be here this is amazing this yeah. is cool and he started going like you know this is bullshit when they do this and that and this and that and, and he got me sort of thinking about <clears throat> wanting to do my own thing yeah. you know and really doing it and like he was super supportive every time i'd mention you know i'm gonna learn how to paint or i'm gonna try and get into fine art he was always like cheering me on so yeah. it's ironic that he was like the guy that inspired me in effects to be a you know, a better artist. And I, and he, and he was really open and tried to, you know, taught me how to do poor sculpting and just everything he would teach anybody. He was so open with his information, but he was also the guy that was like pushing me, go do your own thing. You won't regret it. Yeah. And it was so cool. So it's like, I really kind of, owe. I feel like I owe him. I always tell him, you know, it's like, you were one of the big reasons I was able to go out on my own own. Was that that's beautiful. Sport, you know, it was really yeah. cool. I mean, he's right though. I mean, if I could just react to the, like the, I'm lucky to be here feeling, right. I think, I think that's like a sickness in artists. these oh, yeah. days. It's like, I think you are, you're lucky to be here. Like once you get into a job, you're lucky to be here. You are briefly, like very briefly. <laughs> right. And then, and then after that, you got to step that you got to step on that. You are not lucky to be here. There there's, it's not right. It's, it's not, that's a bad mindset. It's like, they're lucky to have you. Like, right, let, right. Let's be very clear. All right. Okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to go into the darkness again. Do it. Uh, uh, dark art society. Yeah. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> let, 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 let's go. Let's, let's, let's go into it. Yeah. Um, it's like the everything in the world is made by, for the most part, right. It's funded by and made by people who can't make stuff. They don't know how to make right. stuff, right? We the the current culture that we live in, just by chance, right? Just by the conditions of the world, and it can change any day. But the current culture that we live in, the number one people that we reward are people who already have money. Right. That's how the world already works. The yeah. most valuable thing you can offer in this world right now is that you're already rich. That <laughs> money just so brings more money, but it's every, it's born out in yeah. every corner of the world, yeah. right? So even totally. if your AD is very creative, even if your creative director is very creative, like, oh, Steven, you don't know my producer. It's like somewhere above them at the top, is someone who doesn't have a creative bone in their body. <laughs> but has all the money. All the money. All <laughs> the money in the world. So in that respect, when you're looking at you, 
you are not lucky to be here. You are saving their ass right. day in and day out. And if your reaction to that is like, but they could just get another person. It's like, all right, if you're bad and replaceable, I don't know what to tell you. Right. right? <laughs> if you actually do, if you actually do your job well, right. And you, and you have anything like a voice or a viewpoint, or you feel like you can look at things and you understand them. Right. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but just that, that, no, you, you, you're helping them. You're making the thing. And right. we, we live in a, we live in a weird, it might just be artist culture, right? It might just be the way that we got programmed and stuff like that. But we live in a culture where artists are like, what, when you're surrounded by the producers and the money people and the project managers and stuff like that, everyone is very careful to sort of try to make you think you're not the only person making the thing right like right. there 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 there's just this weird tone right but if you've ever been that person on a team you know it doesn't get made unless you show up that right. day and you poke it into place and you move all the stuff and you know there i am happy that i'm not the one collecting the notes via email right i'm right. very happy about that and that is a a job that uh, I wouldn't want to do and I need someone else to do it, right? But right. <laughs> it is very weird that in light of that fact, most artists walk around feeling like right. they're the bottom of the barrel. Right. Like they're the least valuable, just lower than a worm in most cases. And um, I think that that's like a weird sickness that some people higher up do give, you know, we've all met jerks, right? The, there's definitely jerks out there and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that they will actively propagate that but it's also a thing that artists have passed to each other a little bit you know like yeah just like the starving artist thing as well yeah it's like it's it's a it's a bad myth that keeps getting put put down in the next generation yep and it's like you only have to see a couple of your heroes acting like that right to to think it's real and to be like, all right, well, that if that's true for them, right? right. The best, then, then I better, I better get in line. I suck. I'm worth nothing. Like it's like, right. oh God, it's it's sickening, and it's just not the not the truth, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm not saying that it's like, I do know that artists are in a are in a we're in a bad. I think we're in a, a tough spot these days, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, my when I look out at the world, right? When I look out at what what gets a lot of attention, what gets a lot of money, things like that. Um, like I said, there's nothing more valuable than already having money, right? That, that does everything. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, we're even, we've, we sort of live in a, in a rotated time where the culture seems to reward the curators more than the creators, right? right. The, so if you look at like YouTube, for example, and stuff like that, tastemakers, that is to say the people who make the reviews, the people who say this is the best thing to watch or just sit there and go, I like this better because of this. And I don't like this as much because of this. Almost to a person, they always have 50 times the followers and the the people who made the thing, even if it's the thing that they like, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) So curators are currently more valued by culture than creators, which as far as I'm concerned is, like I said, it's rotated, it's reversed, it's flipped on its head, right? And the world is cyclical, culture is cyclical. Like I I do believe that could literally change any day, right? Right. I think think that a lot of that is created by the way the algorithms work, the way, you know, just 
some guys in boardrooms in Silicon Valley, just their preferences decide the way people consume art. And it's like that, that's the world that we right. live in these days, right. you know, right. and you know, it's, it's something to be grokked. It's something to be dealt with, but I think most of all it needs to be acknowledged. Right. Mm -hmm. And you need, you need to admit that that's kind of what's going on here. And, um, in light of all that, you know, if you, you, for the artist, for the individual, it's like, realize that all of these factors are hypnotizing you into thinking that you don't right. matter and that your practice is very small and miserly and it doesn't, ooh, it's like, it's a miracle if anyone cares. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You're lucky to be there. You're lucky to be exactly hired. You're lucky to that, be doing that. Forget it. It's <laughs> not, not true. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, it's, I don't. I know there's maybe a lot of art out there these days. I know that a lot of people say that the art art is like oversaturated. Like there's so many images and stuff like that. And it's like, maybe that's the case. I don't know what, I don't know where you draw the line, like what's too much, what's too little. Right. I, I think, I don't know how you would ever make that distinction, but it doesn't change the fact that people love images and art. Right. And they want to, and they, they do, I mean, they surely consume it a lot, but more than consumption, people want a connection to these things, right? People, right. Want, people want to have as powerful an experience of art as possible, right? Mm -hmm. I do think that that's true for most people, no matter how highbrow, lowbrow, whatever. Right. Um, and uh, maybe culture is making that harder. Maybe it, it, it requires more of like a self-lift to insist on that connection instead of consumption, but that will never stop being important, no matter how much... Um, the people who can't make a goddamn thing try to make you think <laughs> that it is an importance so that they don't have to charge, so they don't have to pay you a lot. Right. right? Well, I like, think there, to, to add to that, I think that there is, that's one, another thing Mitch kind of clued me into as well. I think working, because uh, at Rick's, you know, we were working on the biggest movies of that era. You know, he got mm -hmm. the best movies, he got the biggest budget movies. And when there's more money, there's more people at the top that don't have any artistic ability or talent calling the shots. Yeah. And, and I definitely, you get a feeling that they are jealous of you, that you can do it. And it's like, they don't want to say it. And it's, it's almost like this, it's, it's very under the surface. And, and, and so I can't tell you, you know, you I'm sure you've had this happen to where people have no business making a suggestion will make a suggestion just so they can have their fingerprint on it and mm -hmm. say, I did that. And then their, suddenly to, they like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To now their they'll talk about it. Now <laughs> their, they'll bring it up in a meeting. Right. Right. Like, they, you know, they, I, yeah. Yeah. After exactly. I said this now, I think it's they'll, quite they'll, good. They'll brag to their friends at the golf club or whatever. And mm -hmm. you know, it, it, that, 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 cause they, it's like, they're able to, you know, kind of uh, vicariously, have that talent through you and it's it's there's just a feeling there's a de definite i've i felt there's a definite feeling of like uh like oh what's the word um like an adversarial kind of relationship in a sense like they almost see you as like the enemy because they need you to do that like you're saying a bad one a bad one we'll yeah see yeah 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 absolutely i'm talking yeah we're talking yeah. we're in the dark zone <laughs> yeah some people let's be clear some people have emotional intelligence but it's not guaranteed right it's not at right. all guaranteed yeah. so it's like that that but but it it it's it often seemed to me like the bigger budgets the more that was the case, at least in my experience, um, because there, 
the, the more money there is, the more, the more risk there is, the more money there is to lose. So you've got people putting their fingers in thinking they're going to save the show. They're going to make sure yeah. that the studio makes a shitload of money. But um, it's a weird thing, though. It's a weird, uh, a weird thing that un- unsaid kind of thing to where it's like you kind of get the feeling like they're they're envious because they know they can't no matter what they did, they could they can't do it. They can't do it and they need you. And it's almost like they don't they don't want to need you They because yeah. they're, they're used to being the shit. They got all the money and all the yeah. power, but they can't do it. They can't do that thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, people, these people like that megalomaniacs at the top with all the money, it's like pisses them off. They can't do everything. You know, it's like, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird thing. It's a weird thing. It you is. don't you don't think about until weird. you kind of experience it and are in the middle of it. It's like, that's yeah, kind of there's gross. also a tendency. Uh, there's also a weird tendency to just like, you believe you, like I had heard those stories when I was before I got into the industry, but, and there's a feeling like, nah, it can't be like, yeah. <laughs> it's like totally going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that person, the person with the, all the money, they, why would they want anything else? They already have cool. everything. They got they all the money want, and power. They just want to <laughs> hand it out and not have their fingerprint on it. It's like, that's not how they got it. That's that ain't no, it. Right? <laughs> that ain't it. Yeah. No, yeah. Not so. at all. I don't know. I always, I always say, I've said from the beginning, you know, if I would have stayed in the business, if all the projects were like tool videos or Guillermo del Toro movies, yeah, because those were, well, just the fun stuff and, and working for someone you respect, Mm -hmm. you know, it was great working for Rick because, you know, I respected him as an artist. He was amazing. And, and Guillermo Mm -hmm. del Toro is a great artist and he knows what looks good. And, um, and he knows, and he doesn't treat artists like shit either. He like, yeah. he, 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 he's an artist. So he respects artists. And it's like a lot of, a lot of time, that's not the case. They're not yeah. artists, you know, people on that level, like what you were asking me before, like, what would a dream gig be? You know, like, it's about that environment. It's like, it's the Guillermo's of the world. It's yeah. Like, but it, there's so few of those dudes though. That's yeah, the I bummer. Mean, you can be Guillermo del Toro and I'm, I don't, I don't know him. I don't know his business, but I'm sure it's still hard as hell for him to get a movie made. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. I'm sure. Like he still probably has to pitch it every time. He had, and there's still doubters and he's like, Oh, it's going to work because of this. He had, when I was working with him, he had like five things he was pitching. And I don't know that any of them got made. And you know, he put, he was at one point he was trying to get the Lovecraft film that, um, Mm-hmm. uh mountains the, of madness. It, yeah yeah mountains of madness we were doing we did maquettes for that design stuff it was fucking amazing it would have been like yeah. the thing mm-hmm. times you know john carpenter's yes. the thing times a million it was God, it, would, yes. it would have been the dream job yeah. the dream job and um tom cruise was gonna be the lead it, it, tom it, cruise was into it he came it would have been dope <laughs> it would have been amazing and uh and he wouldn't he wouldn't back down off the R rating. He said it has to be R rated. And, and I think they wanted to put, cause it was such a big budget. I think they wanted to put uh, a romantic lead in or, or some kind of romance story in with it. And he's like, or, no, or, this is the script. Or a kid goes into the city with them. I was all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> how, how did this stowaway child, they're on the plane. Oh no, we got to bring her with us down into the cyclopean nightmare. <laughs> but he was, like it, it was, you know, he, he just, I think he was shocked that they turned him down because because it was so amazing, and they did, but they didn't want to do an R-rated film for that kind of money, which would would have required, and then they fucking blew it. 
because he ended up getting an Oscar and he might get another Oscar for yeah. Nightmare Alley, you know, so, but may, so maybe he'll be able to get it done. Um, I hope so. Now I'll, be there day, I'll be there day one. <laughs> oh my God. I know that's, there's a job I'd go back to the, to effects for. Oh. I mean, oh, I would, man. I would love that. It'd be so amazing. Uh, that, that, I mean, that, that novella in particular was hugely influential on me when I was. Oh young. yeah. You're a yeah. Lovecraft fan. Yeah. Yeah. I bumped into, um, I read it early. Uh, I forget why, what was it? I like, I started reading a web comic when I was pretty young, like 12 called uh, Penny Arcade. It was like an old video game web. Actually it's still up, but it, it was a video game web comic that's been around forever. And the guy who wrote it, um, he was always saying Lovecraft was his biggest influence. Mm. And uh, I love the way he wrote. His name is uh, Jerry Holkins. And um, uh, I was just like, I love the way he wrote. And he was like, this is, I just try to write like Lovecraft. And I was like, I'm going to go find it. So I read Call of Cthulhu when I was like 12 or something oh, cool. like that. Yeah, like really, really young. <laughs> Loved it. Yeah, yeah, super influential. I mean, yeah. God, I would love, yeah, Mountains of Man. I, I've seen the like, I don't know if it was actually leaked, but like the leaked concept art that they did for Mount for that. Oh, I'd like, I haven't seen version. that. I'd like to see that. There's some stuff out there. Who knows? Who knows if it's actually what it is? Like, you know, I, I would know probably. <laughs> I, should go check I, it out, I think but... I saw a lot of that and did a lot of it too. I mean, some of the stuff I yeah. did, uh, Photoshop stuff I did for that was like, I was just like, this is so cool uh, it'd be so good yeah, <laughs> i hope like, he gets to do it i know it just would be so cool it was so different it was so I different i think now's the time you know we're i know the, you know speaking of dark arts it's like dark is i don't know i feel like dark is going mainstream you know as far i know as I'm concerned. Uh, absolutely like, absolutely I, a lot of factors you know i i who knows what it'll become like right. um but um but i think there's definitely people are much more willing to take it on and to consume it um sort of mainstream like uh i don't know if you play video games but uh from software the guys who make dark souls and mm -hmm. things like that yeah um, they i think they contributed in a big way because those those are like now their major games like they're the games it's like that's right like people are more inclined to talk about dark souls and bloodborne than they are call of right Duty. Now, oh yeah, so I always like, I always get people on Instagram like it'd be so cool if you did something for Dark Souls yeah, or yeah. <laughs> so it, I remember uh, years ago, maybe like eight years ago, seven years ago, any, any before I'd played any of their games, I used to get comments on my Instagram posts saying all the time that like oh mm -hmm. reminds me of Dark Souls, and uh, I'd never played, I didn't know what it was. I used to get annoyed at those messages, and now <laughs> I see them and I'm like, what an honor, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, it, it's funny how things change, but that's as dark as that's like really it's lovecraft like tentacles yeah, eyeballs yeah. like and yeah. everyone's like yay our favorite like yeah, yeah. It, it's it's going it they did something to bring it more into the mainstream oh yeah yeah like I, I i think that uh the tattoo culture has really done a lot too that's mm -hmm. one thing i noticed when i started doing tattoo conventions is that man they're so into dark stuff they're into they're into lovecraft they're into yeah. the, the 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 nerdy side of tattooing like I remember this one tattoo artist told me when, when I was first getting familiar with the, that whole scene, he's like, there's the thug side of tattooing. And then there's the nerd side. You want to stick with the nerd side. Nice. <laughs> so it's like the, the, uh, the nerdy side of it was like people like us, you know, and people mm -hmm. into monsters and, and, and they're, they're, um, you know, they're, they're, 
I, I had been so used to just trying trying to justify why I was doing this dark stuff as fine art. Right. Um, when I, going to meet all these tattoo artists, it's like that was just normal for them. They're like, oh, it's cool. And just the way I felt like I don't see it as dark. I see it as cool. Yeah. I see it as beautiful, beautiful and awesome and neat and make you feel good. Yeah. You know, and so I mean, that's what the whole purpose of the podcast is really is to try and like get yeah. people to. Uh, I don't know, trying to get the, the the message out that it's okay to like it. If even if, you know, it's like, it doesn't mean you're a weirdo. It's like be, darkness is part of the human psyche. It's part of the human experience. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. it's like, so why, why shouldn't there be art that reflects that? And why yeah. it's okay to, you know, I think it's healthy. Yeah. You're going to cut off a whole huge segment of human internality just for, yeah. just based on prejudices, like whatever. Right. But right. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just like, you and like many other people who do, you know, what, even if it's not dark, just like not what people usually think of as like, yeah, why I make art. It's like, I sometimes get questions like when I'm streaming or something like that. Like, do you ever creep yourself out with your drawing? Yeah. Like, no, like, what? I wish that, I could, that'd, <laughs> that'd be, be awesome. Cool. Like I'd be interested in trying it, but like it, I just think they're cool. You know, yeah. I do them cause they're cool. I'm not doing it to, cause I'm scared or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, I just think it's rad. Like the, yeah, the main, absolutely. The the only basically the only feelings I feel about my art are frustration while I'm making it sometimes, <laughs> or this is cool and that's yeah, it. Right. Yeah, it's rad, dope. Like that's exactly. it's that is that feeling over and over again, um, which is is weird because it's like it's not like um I am motivated to do the kind of art that I do based on like dark subjects and things mm -hmm. like that, right? Like I I I would be being disingenuous if I claimed I wasn't grappling with dark things and working through my own stuff and you know I've what is of, it though yeah <laughs> that's but, the thing <laughs> everybody but, is but it's weird oh. that or i guess it's just interesting that even though that's the case right even though i'm working through depression anxiety grief things like that when i do my art i still am only doing it because it's cool because it right like that that's still totally. that it's like it's grief and cool right, right? like they're it's, never separate you know totally, man yeah it's, yeah it's people people get, and cool yeah yeah i remember i did an, uh, a podcast interview for another podcast that was kind of more like mainstream art just regular it wasn't you know it was like happy art kind of yeah and mm -hmm. um horses and, I, and fields <laughs> i remember they're really cool I, it was a great time it was probably one of my best interviews because i really was like pushing i was trying to spread the good news of dark art and i was really like nice spoke spoke uh well about it uh uh very um you know uh, why are words escaping me today anyway i did a good job on it um <laughs> at the but i remember watching it back and at the it, i think it was at the end kind of like the wrap-up where they record it separately the guy was like yeah i don't know man if i did art like that i would just be depressed all the time i think and i was like no 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 it makes me feel good it makes yeah, like me really feel good like yeah, it makes me feel like you feel when you're painting your ocean scenes or whatever. Yeah. It's like same thing. It's it's not as much as it's, you know, I think on some subconscious level, it's tapping into societal uh, stuff below the surface uh, in some weird cosmic way, I think, an energetic yeah. way. It's kind of like touching on um, anxieties, cultural issues and like the darkness of being alive that dark there's an aspect to life that is darkness it's scary and and horrifying yeah. as much as 
it's commenting on that. It's still like, a, I'm just repeating what you're saying. I st I'm still doing it just for fun. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like, I just, I don't know why it's fun. I just, you know, I've kind of stopped. I have a lot of, uh, you know, theories on it. It seems to me, Same. It, see, yeah. it seems to me like it's the juiciest subject. It's got so wow. much to me. It's like, when I think of like painting something that was traditionally positive or something like, a hell realm mm -hmm. to me it's like oh the hell realm was way more interesting it just seems oh like yeah man so much more all the artists of of history have known that they're all right. <laughs> out when they paint hell and then they paint heaven and all the saints are looking down at hell like wish i was there you know like, oh, <laughs> where's hell up there heaven sucks man hell's where it's, it's all... at it's all flesh and teeth and dripping yeah, and, yeah. oh that hurts oh god <laughs> you know like it's all the good stuff you know <laughs> yeah it's, it's like the garden of earthly de delights too i yeah. always talk about that it's like what part of that painting is the famous part it's the hell part mm -hmm. that's the part oh that God. everyone talks about they don't yeah. talk about the other part because it's boring people don't even know paradiso and purgatory are there right you right i know i know they're like huh really yeah right. <laughs> right. <laughs> go figure yeah yeah no, that, that's the good stuff man i mean yeah like you i have a lot of i have a lot of theories you know i certainly I have experienced the full range of emotion making these kinds of art and, and things like that. But yeah, at a certain point you stop questioning it. You know, I, I, um, I very rarely butt up against, I'm sure it's different for you in, in fine art, right? There's, there's different considerations there, but for, for me, I don't really butt up against friction on it right. anymore. Yeah. Like, I, I don't so really. I, I'm in that too. I, like nowadays I don't, but when I was first starting, it was yeah. like, I always had to kind of like explain myself and try and like justify why I'm showing with all these pop surrealists and hot rods and, you know, yeah, yeah. girls, girls with big eyes and stuff. It's like, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But now yeah. it's like, it's, it's gotten to a point where, yeah, I don't, I don't catch any shit for it, which is great. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's freeing. I, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I think people are, I don't know, hopefully more open, you know, mm -hmm. people are more exposed to more things, you know, they've right. seen they're, you know, are just, we're consuming at a greater and greater rate. Right. So, right. That's true. You know, That's true. How, so they're, they're just, yeah, they've, they've just seen more of it in, mm -hmm. out there and things like that. So I think that that helps a lot, but um, I think, I think horror movies are a big part of it too. Cause horror movies are huge. Sure. Stephen King. Yeah. That's I always say, it's like, why should we feel so like as artists that we can't make it in fine art doing dark stuff when you've got Stephen King yeah. is like about as mainstream as it gets. And he's like a hardcore yeah horror guy yeah. so I, it's like why can't we do that in the art world my They're, my you know? my favorite cue on this i, I talk yeah. about this with my wife all, all the time for a very long time thriller was the most successful song of all time mm, and right, if, you listen, right. if you listen to thriller it is a halloween song oh totally and it, the, the whole video is all zombies and werewolves it's like you know, it's, it's a pop song it's yeah, a yeah. pop song the most successful pop song of all time right, for a very long time right. and there's literally a lyric in that song where Vincent Price says grizzly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. So <laughs> yeah, it's like right. people, people get this stuff, man. Right. Like it's not. Yeah. It's and that not was in the 80s. That you know, yeah. that, that was in yeah. the 80s too. So it's like, yeah. I, I feel like it, it, it's this sort of like dark horror, whatever you want to call it, aesthetic. It's like has gotten into different parts of the culture. And I guess personally, I feel like I'm trying to get it into the fine art. Mm -hmm. end of things more um but you know it's like even even heavy metal has had a big effect 
on uh, people accepting dark stuff as, you know, Marilyn Manson and, and all that shit from the Nine Inch Nails. You know, it's like all that stuff. It's all dark art. You know, it's yeah. all dark art. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I mean, I, I have some, like, I have some friends, some art friends who, like, when I met them, like, I'd known them online and stuff for a long time. And then when I finally met them, uh, they were like, I'm thinking of one person in particular who said to me, like, your personality does not match your art. And I, was, and, and I thought that was so funny. And I, I, I was like, what, like the way I dress yeah, yeah. That, I'm, that I'm not panicking right now or like brooding in a corner. Like, what do you want from me? Exactly. That's again, it comes up so often that it's a cliche on this show, but the dark art people, 99.9% of them are the nicest people. Yep. They're super yep. cool. They're super friendly. They're, they want to support each other. They don't care if you do dark art or not. Yeah. They appreciate all kinds of artwork. They're sensitive. They're, mm -hmm. they're animal lovers. They're, you know, they're really kind people. And I just, I think personally, I think that's one of the coolest aspects of the whole dark art scene is that it's so weird because it's just so unexpected. You tend at least so. for people to be more, like you said, more broody and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm I sure think I think it makes I think it makes sense because it's like you're you're getting you're getting it out right, right. you're like yeah, you're yeah, you're yeah. you're making it, like when I'm doing like if I'm doing Paradise Lost pieces or something like that and it's like I have to say like this isn't the only kind of thing I do like you heard me talk I work for theme park companies for right right for years. like a huge part of my practice is drawing happy cloud animals in, <laughs> right. in, around a roller coaster and stuff like that like I'm good at that stuff yeah too. yeah yeah but this is the stuff that I I do for myself and it's like when I'm thinking about a piece or like I'm writing about it, like what the heck am I going to do? It's like, I'm engaging earnestly. Like what is mortality? What is the answer to this right. piece of existential dread? Like, what does it mean if there's a devil and things like that? Right, like right. I'm, I'm, I'm like, you're grappling with these things and what I think is a healthy conducive way. So you're sort of like, you're dumping a lot of that. If there's any negative energy associated with it, you're dumping it into the work and like working through it in a very, oh, yeah. Way. so then like yeah a lot of these people who do this stuff it's like it's like well i already got it out in the art like i'm not stressed like i'm not like uh, you know i feel like i i feel like i made some traction on like what happens if there's a devil you know right, <laughs> like, right. pretty interesting i mean if you and if you want to get more um philosophical about it i guess it's like it's very um metaphorically alchemical in a way where you're like taking you're basically you know the whole thing about turning uh lead into gold it's like mm -hmm. you're taking this raw material of this junky thing this crappy thing and yeah. you're turning it into something amazing and that's sort of what another thing i love about dark art in theory is is you know you're taking uh you're taking the dark stuff and you're rearranging you're uh, uh transmuting it into something yeah. good yeah right you know if it sits inside of you it's that's when it's bad and when you deny it that's when it's bad that's like a total Jungian psychology thing. If you don't deal with the issue, it's going to come out in a bad way and, and hurt you. And oh, yeah. so it goes right along with, with, uh, you know, healthy psychology is like getting, digging it out. And, and the cool thing is as artists, we're able to take that and turn it into something uh, beautiful and something that other people who, who maybe don't, don't have uh, that aren't artists can yeah. uh, then look at and go, Oh yeah. It's like, I feel that way too. And that makes me 
feel better that it's Absolutely. out there, you know? And uh, so it's amazing. I, I just, yeah. I've, and you know how dark everything is in the world. It's kind of so appropriate. It's a beautiful thing. Now. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. I mean, art saved my life with that stuff. Um, the, my, uh, my dad died by suicide back in 2015. Oh my God. Yeah. That was hard to hear that. that. Yeah. That's terrible. It, it was, it was, it was an extremely emotional yeah. tragedy in my life. And there's, you know, it's embroidered with all of the darkness and difficulty that you would expect around an event like that. And right. I don't know any other way to put it, but that art saved my life on that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it was the, that event was like the first real cue in my life that was like, we might need to make some really personal art. Like, let's, mm. let's, let's, uh, let's get into this and make stuff that's like about us or about our lives. I had really never had that impulse before. Oh, then. wow. Yeah. Wow. I'll be honest. Like it's before, before that, as you've heard me say, I was an industry guy and like, I, I based a lot of what I wanted to do with art. Like we were saying off my skills, who would validate my skills, how I would be rewarded for those things. Um, and when I made my own pieces, I mean, I was doing design stuff, concept stuff. It was just about the cool, right? Which is, right, right. Enough, it is good enough on its own, right? <laughs> yeah, let, yeah. <laughs> let, let, that, that never left, right? So it was just about the cool. Um, and I was doing, you know, what I think of as like genre stuff. Like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm a fantasy artist. So I'm going to do fantasy work. Maybe I'll dabble in sci-fi. Like mm-hmm. it was less about the, um, it was less about the what than the how. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was less about the, yeah, it was less about the what than the how. It was personal expression. Yes. It was, it was, it was just like, this is, this is what I want to do. I like this stuff. I'm going to try to make it as good as I can. Right. Like, and oh. that, that was, that, that was my folk. That, that was okay. My focus. Yeah. It wasn't about per- personal expression as yeah. much as it was about doing the cool thing. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't because I thought that was like hokey or anything. It was because I didn't want to, I didn't want right. to, I didn't feel it never landed. I was never like, Oh yeah, I have something deep inside. I want to like get right. out there or anything like that. Then my dad died and uh, it, it asked a lot more of me, you know, right. it, it opened up, you know, the way that that does for most people, it changed everything about my life. And it, I said, all right, let's see what art can do. Cause I've heard, I've been an artist all these years. I've heard so much about expressing yourself and making personal art. Let's give it a shot. At that point, I was like, I was down and out. Like, wow. I was like, well, well, I'm trying everything else. Right. Like I'm- so you were specifically doing it as a way to help deal with that, to try and process it or yeah, I, I think that's amazing. So. I, yeah. I mean, with, with anything, with anything traumatic like that, I think it's a lot of it's gray, you know, it's hard to remember right, yeah. a lot of the stuff in that time it was a lot of, um, a lot of brooding, you know, maybe at that time I, I acted more like what people would expect from my heart. It was, it was a <laughs> right. lot of being alone and not wanting to talk and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it started coming up and I was like, let's, we got to get this out. Like I'm having all of these it, it was almost inevitable because I art was the main thing that I thought about up mm. until that point, always. Like I, I am, um, if I'm stressed, I want to think about art. If I'm relaxed, I want to think about art, right? Like that, that's just right. what my life has been. So for this other thing to come in and it's right next to it in my head all the time, it's like, they were going to talk. Right. You know? Right. There's no way they were going to not interact. So that started happening. And I just started twisting it, turning it around. I was like, what if I do 
these kinds of pictures, this kind of project. Maybe I write this, illustrate this. Like I, I, um, I mean, my wife could probably keep a better catalog of it than I could, but I, I started, stopped, worked on dozens of different things, trying to figure out how I was going to encapsulate this thing. Right. And mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I have tons of sketches laying around stuff like that, but I didn't, I didn't make or finish any of those things except for paradise lost, which my paradise lost illustrations are, they're a direct offshoot of that. That was the one that won. I was like, like this, it's not so direct, but it feels right. And it is linked with my feelings about what happened with my father and all of that. But all of the other things, even if I didn't make them, now, when I look back, I'm like, just the act of thinking through the projects and thinking through the themes and what does this say about right. my the feeling of loss, that was therapy, man. Like that, yeah. the act itself saved my life on that stuff. It really was super necessary to sublimate all of those things into these other emotions and to turn them into art and projects and ideas, you know, right. even if you don't make it like turning it into an idea, right? right? Like there's, there's something like, there's something deeply powerful about the feeling that you made meaning out of something. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And ideas always carry that when you have a good idea, it feels meaningful. Right. So there, it was like, I was it. Yeah. Like you said, it's, it's like, I was catching all of these dark little bubbles. And if I could turn that into a good idea for a drawing, suddenly it was like, bloop, now it's gold, right? Now right, it's trapped. Right. <laughs> it's like now, now I can't quite hate it because right. it became a good idea <laughs> for a piece of art. And I just did that over and over and over again. It just started filing off a lot of the hard edges, filing off a lot of the yeah, hard edges. That's I so, mean, that's amazing. That's a, fascinating to me to hear because you experienced that trauma uh as an adult or a mm -hmm. young adult yeah i was um, 25 yeah yeah so what's what's interesting is it's like i experienced trauma uh it, it, the first thing that made me think of that is like i i went into therapy i went into therapy in the 90s total totally mm -hmm. saved my life yeah. I, it was crazy it was amazing therapy's um, great yeah. yeah yeah but i remember um telling my therapist early on when i was getting to know her i was like yeah art saved my life and i didn't even like click at that point i didn't even know why i was all fucked up like mm -hmm. at, we hadn't gone into it it turns out uh after going through the whole process it was like oh i was you know the problem is that i had these traumatic experiences that I hadn't processed because I repressed them because they were so painful, yeah. which was just like total family chaos, my early childhood, uh, everybody fighting and just, you know, all, all kinds of shit. And yeah. so the funny thing is though, it happened to me, you know, probably I think around age five or so, right around there. And I just withdrew into myself. And that's when I really started drawing the monsters and stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, I intuited I did kind of the same thing that you did, but, but without the, uh, just, but just intuitively without knowing what I was without consciously doing it, it was sort of like, I just did it. And it was, and, and again, I have theories about that, about like why I was attracted to horror movies and things at such an early age. And, uh, as much as it feels like just part of me, I also, I think also a part of that was from this trauma. And, um, <clears throat> so it's just interesting to hear, us both getting the same result to where it's kind of saved us and helped us to cope with that situation. Yeah. Um, 
uh, but you as an adult and me as a kid. Super interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a trip because yeah. because often it comes up. A lot of people that are into the, a lot of I think artists in general. A lot of people have had childhood trauma and stuff. But yeah. but I do hear that a lot of, uh, with the interviews. It's like, um, you know, you do it as a kid as a, as a way of surviving. Uh, and then after therapy, ironically, I started doing more dark art because it's like I was mm-hmm. in effects and not doing really a lot of fine art. But that was one of the things that came out of that once I sort of like dealt with all this grief, basically, that I'd never processed. I was I started doing that's when I started painting and, and doing all the monster shit. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was always doing it for fun and I was doing makeup effects and monsters. But again, it's like what you're saying, though, too. It's like it was all about the fun thing. You know, it wasn't yeah. about personal, deep self-expression. It was about like, oh, learning how to make a mechanical monster mask. I want to do American werewolf change your head, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's this sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. But, but once I'd gone through therapy, it was like, then I started doing that personal work. So what a trip. It is a trip, man. Yeah. It, it, it was like, yeah. And I should say that like all, everything, all that work that art did for me in that time it's like therapy also also very also very good i went into i went into therapy later right i i wouldn't i couldn't have done it without both yeah yeah. uh, same same and i think that yeah art is extremely powerful you know it's it's very um well no one really knows what the heck it is i know that's that's the other thing no one actually understands why this is happening yeah and why people (laughs) get it in them or anything like that. Like it's, um, we spend a lot of time talking about it as a job and it's like, that's like the last fucking thing it is. Right. It, really <laughs> the, the very, very final part of it. Right. it there's, it's so much more yeah. than that. The job part and like the, the doing it part, the discipline part or whatever, the professionalism is like, that's like the little, the little I know, I know. That's just the part, part we, ha- yeah, that's the part we have to do to make a living. Yeah, yeah. You know? but it, it's, it's so much, it's so much broader than that. So yeah, like I, I feel, I feel, well, first off, I feel super lucky that I went through that traumatic experience as an adult, right? Because right. I, I already had like a sense of self. Right. To, um, to like, it wasn't going to like completely shatter my whole world, it was super hard still, but I, I like knew what I was trying to like get back to and like right. trying to piece things back together and stuff like that. Um, so I feel very, very fortunate in that regard. Um, and the, it also gave me an opportunity to like watch it happen, which is weird. Hmm. Like it, it was weird to be being metacognitive about you are now going to begin the process of using art as therapy. Wow. Yeah. Like that, that who gets to do that? Like, right. That's strange, you know, because I do think it's more common to, it happens all intuitively. Right. And right. it was an intuitive process for me too. Right. Cause mm-hmm. I was really, there's no, no one can help you with this shit. Right. right? Like right. there's no, there's no <laughs> tutorials on how to do this one. Yeah. So it was totally, it was totally out there and all intuitive, but I was like aware I was doing it. Right. Right weird, really weird, really freaking weird. Um, and it, it gave me a huge respect for the strangeness of what is going on in art, because I had, um, I had experiences in that process where 
stuff that I was always already drawing, right? Like creatures, monsters, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Cause I was like, it's cool. Right? right. I was like, all right, well now I'm analyzing everything. It's like, well, what is a tentacle? Right. right. Like, before <laughs> I was just like drawing a tentacle. And now, now my brain cracked open ultra sensitive, right? Like the world has changed now. Right. It's like, well, what, what is a tentacle? What does that mean to you? And it was just like, yeah, you're going off on like the full you feel like one of those insane autodidacts who like writes one of those cult books or it's like right. an angel's telling me what right, to write. Like right. I, uh, that ain't it, but it's like, I get where you're coming from. Cause there was definitely yeah. moments in there where I'm, it's, I'm it's like, like, it's the same. I think it's the same thing. It's yeah, just, you're so. not crazy. Yeah, I really <laughs> That's the think difference. So. It's like, you've got a more healthy relationship with that power. That is that whatever it is, this energy, this creative spark or this creative impulse it's like, you know, you're a normal dude and you're not a crazy person. So, uh, you know, whereas someone who's maybe got mental, I shouldn't say crazy, but someone with mental health issues yeah, might have, have yeah. some situation like that. And yeah, they, they say that God's telling them to uh, yeah. go and mow down a mall yeah. full of people or something or exactly. write some crazy insane book that says the world's going to end in t two years or whatever. Yeah. But it's so it's like sim, but it's yeah, the I think same type from of the same thing, core. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like. like how you process it is the difference. I think like so. how, how it filters through your brain is the yeah. difference or how you deal with it. Yeah. It's like, uh, I was asking all these questions of my art, like, uh, yeah. Like what's a tentacle? Like why always a man when you start a drawing, right? right. Like ev every, every right. little thing, like all the axiomatic Holy, suppositions. And in that state, every time I asked a question, it would be like, my mind would offer like, all right, let's go. Now you can write about it for three hours with like no thought, like it was being right. dictated, right? Yeah. And it was just, but it was just like, oh, I didn't know all this stuff was lurking under the surface for right. me. Like I, I thought that I was drawing a, a man as the first sketch every time because I just didn't find drawing cute girls interesting. Right. But it turns out I have much deeper associations with all of that. And now I've lost my father and I'm like trying to become my own father. I need to right. manifest my own so paternal crazy, energy man. for myself. And it's like, it was just like, you know, you go down the union track, you go uh, nuts in a healthy way. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. explaining a lot to yourself. And uh, that was, yeah, like I said, it gave me a huge respect for the weird stuff that's going on there. I was doing drawings where like I would do the drawing and um, I'd be like, well, that's nothing. And I'd put it away. And then I'd come back in two weeks or something like that. And I knew when I did the drawing, I was like, you know, I'd write dates on them, take photos of them and stuff like that. And I'd look at the drawing, I'd be like, what is happening here that that drawing is like a perfect encapsulation symbolically of the emotional episode that I had four days later? Right. How did it, how did it predict that? Or was it that my body was already cueing that? And because I was drawing automatically, the drawing was presaging that. And then the yeah. process ran later. Like I have no answers for that, but when now, even though I spent so much time talking about, you know, jobs, commercial stuff, like the craft of drawing and things like that, whenever someone comes to me and they're like, I don't know, like my drawings are super weird and they scare me. I'm like, I know. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I've been utterly freaked out by the stuff that has, that has come out in drawing. And, um, yeah, that's it's the magic though, man. That's is, the yeah. magic of art. When art gets when art is pure for art, it's when it's pure art, that's when actual magic is real. You know, yeah. that's like I mean what you just described is it's 
you know, you could analyze it psychologically or whatever, but to me, it's like, it's miraculous. It's amazing. Yeah. How can that, it seems impossible. impossible. It's a, it's like, it's, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So weird. It's crazy. And it's so in a, in a good way. It's like, it's, it's a, it's such a powerful healing tool in that it way. It is, you yeah. know? And once you, once you've had experiences like that, it's like, you're never going to quit. Like, I don't know. Right. What, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, that's the most, some of that stuff is the most interesting stuff that's ever happened to me. Like, right. I'm not like, and in some deep sense, every time I come back to the drawing board, it's like, I'm mining that, you know, like, yeah. I'm going, yeah. like what's in there? Who knows? Right. Right? Like, right. Let's, let's see what's going to happen. And it's like, that, that's super addictive. Like, you don't want to, Oh I yeah, I, I, I want to take as many chances to like go in there and look around. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> so I want to take as I want to take as many of those chances as I can in my lifetime. Yeah, you know, like there is some weird, fascinating, educational, strange stuff yeah. in there. Yeah, and uh, it turns out there's not that much stuff like that in life. You yeah. know, so much else in life really is like it's rigid. It's like, we know the answer. We know how this works, right? Like no right. one, no, you know, no one wants to be like, Oh, you know, you want to be a doctor, like medicine's a mystery. Like that's not how anyone right. wants to talk about it. Like how to make money, you know, how to understand right, the stock market. Right. No one's like, it's chaos. Who knows what's happening? Like everyone's like, no, I know, I know the answer. Like no one likes that stuff. Art's like the one, the one little thing that's left, right? right? Like even because even religion, right? Like yeah. even like, if you talk to a Catholic, right? Like a, a traditional Catholic, like someone who's like, what's the Pope saying this Wednesday, oh, yeah. right? If you talk to them, th there's no tone of mystery. It's what are you talking about? We know, we right. know exactly. Yeah, yeah. You do this and this on. and this and this, and then it's, you get to go to heaven and you're not gonna go to hell. And that's yeah. all there is to it. Just follow the rules. It's easy. So, that's mystifying <laughs> to me. Like, so even religion, is like is much like stocks in that regard where right, everyone's like actually right, i right. know exactly what's yeah. going on here the only thing that's left in culture is fucking art right art art's the one little thing that's left where no one has any idea what's going on right or how it works yeah. you know the the one little part that's like under attack is that like there's a lot, there's a tone right now that it's like, people know how to teach art, right? Like, here's the steps, here's how you shade, right. here's how you render. You're really good, you've been doing this a long time. So I'm gonna guess that you, with the amount of experience you have, you kind of see, I'm guessing that that's kind of bullshit. Like, yeah. it, it, it really doesn't <laughs> I, work that way. That's the thing, it's like, I, I, I tell students all the time, cause I do teach and it's like mm -hmm. on my Patreon, it's like, uh, you know, what I, I can do is I can show you how to mix colors and render and mm -hmm. deal with composition and work out the problems. But it's like, it's like you could spend your whole life, uh, lifetime reading how to paint books. And until mm -hmm. you go and paint, you're not going to know how to do it. You can know Nothing. everything about everything about painting, but you yeah. have to do it in order to actually know how to do it. And no one yes. can teach you that. No one can give that to you. It's like, you have to do it. Yep. So it's like, you know, cause there's this whole element of, you know, how much paint you put on the brush, how, how it feels, the tactile response. There's like, it's huge. It's so huge. And yep. so it's like, all you can do is really teach these kind of fundamentals and mm -hmm. give advice and stuff like that. But you can't truly teach uh, art, you, right. you know, it's, that's the way I feel about it.
Yeah. I, 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 as someone who teaches and stuff like that, I mean, who's more incentivized than me to lie to people and be like, (laughs) no, it's a straight shot. And I know it. Right. It's like, no, I I can't do that. I'm going to tell you straight up. Nope. No one knows. Right. Like, and right. And it's like in a narrow Avenue, right? Like if let's say you want to paint light realistically, right? Like, right we can all agree on certain things, right? About how to render a sphere and things like that, right? But even in a bigger context, like there's so many artists who have healthy practices who they would define their style by not doing that, right? right. So it's like in an, it's like only in the narrowest of avenues right. can you even get down to those brass tacks, right, you know? Right. So, I mean, when I think of how I, the art that I make in my practice, like my personal view on the work that I make, it's like, for as many bullet points as I have as like, here's the rules I use, right? Like I compress value changes in the light. Like I just, I feel committed to that. Like that's, I do that to make my art look like my art, right? Mm -hmm. But for as many of those bullet points as I have, I have as many bullet points where it's like, here's the rules I break. So my, my, my style is equally weighted on following and violation. And what that tells me is that like, yeah, it's all kind of up for grabs. Like <laughs> yeah, no, totally. no one actually really knows. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love art for that. I love that it's the one thing left that is yeah. just like real chaos, you know, right. real magic still. Yeah, like, yeah. Nothing left like that anymore. Yeah, it's true. It's, it. Yeah, it's like one of the last, it just feels like one of the last real things left. Everything's like, everything's bullshit now. It's like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I really, I'm a, I love life. I love my life. I'm a very positive, upbeat person. Mm-hmm. I love people, you know, but, but, you know, I look, I look around and it's like, everything is bullshit. I feel like, you know, yeah. cult, I guess society at large or whatever you want to say, it's just all bullshit everywhere. Yeah. It's just like superficial bullshit. The incentives know? are messed up. That's what yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's su- superficiality that's is what's incentivized. Yeah. Right. You know, like right. we don't incentivize for deep stuff. Right. You know? not, right. not really. Yeah. There's only rare places that still incentivize that. But it, but uh, but art is the one thing um, uh, that that can that is real still that can be real, because even art on on certain on certain levels has been taken over by that. Um, there's a lot of bullshit art, especially I think at the really high levels, the blue chip levels. There's a lot of nonsense happening there. Sure. But, um, yeah. I, I was I was raised in the New York art scene. I know. <laughs> I've, I've been to my fair share of utterly mysterious gallery openings. Yeah, man. And, and it's like it's funny because I have through my connections with uh, the effects world, you know, a lot of effect, uh, not a lot, but there's a handful of um, fine artists, blue chip fine artists that hire effects shops to do their work for them you know they have oh, this, that makes sense actually yeah they have this yeah, i hadn't name. thought of that before but that makes sense yeah they don't do that shit themselves <laughs> they yeah, come yeah. in with like a weird idea that's trippy and then they just have the effects company do it i actually mm-hmm. worked for a year for uh paul mccarthy this artist paul mccarthy doing doing working on his stuff sounds and super familiar yeah he does like these transgressive films he, he started in the 70s uh of like you know, life-size Pinocchio throwing mayonnaise and mustard all over a life-size pirate in this really weird, 
dark actually but like still like oh it's yeah. disturbing and weird and freaky and i have seen this stuff before yeah I'm i mean i did it was all over here yeah yeah i uh it was so i worked there for like a year for kazu because he hired kazu to do these realistic uh bodies one of them mm-hmm. being him bent over naked and i i get the was lucky enough to um because we had to, you have to clean up you do a body cast they pour uh clay in the mold and then you have to clean up the clean all the bubbles up and the seam and uh my claim to fame is i got to work on his butthole and ball sack <laughs> <laughs> mitch uh, mitch of all people he was working there he just sent me a picture of me holding holding paul's junk like a nice cast. nice and i'm just like i have this terrible look I'm like, super serious <laughs> so like, funny this is like, what craftsman looks like yeah, <laughs> it was more like i can't believe i'm doing this but um uh uh Oh, what was my point? What was my point? Uh, uh, high. Oh, they hire uh, effects shops. And I know a guy who uh, worked on some big blue chip artist project. And he actually heard the artist or either told him or heard him telling someone else, like, it's just a bunch of bullshit. There's no deep meaning. It's just now we're talking. Yeah. It's like, That's so he's it. admitting it. And it's like, of course they're they're you know if it yeah. you know most of the time it is bullshit there i'm sure that there's and again i always defend great creative work even if it's weird conceptual oh, art yeah. there's been some amazing conceptual art that's what i tell people too for as many bad openings i've been to i've some i've seen art in from that realm i'm like that's one of my favorite things yeah, yeah. great like yeah, it's yeah. truly good yeah. there's some amazing shit that's been done in that realm so it shouldn't all get painted with a broad brush but but still but it's like, you know, it, it's just from the horse's mouth. It's like, yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> the guy yeah, just admitted I, it, you know? Yeah, because even even doing drawings, it's like you discover pretty quickly that if you just shut up, right? If you just show people drawings and you just shut up, they'll tell you what it means, oh, right? Yeah. Like you, 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 don't, you don't have to say a damn thing, right? They'll they'll start running their mouth and they'll they'll start punching above their weight like they write for the Atlantic, you right. know? They'll, they'll tell you exactly what your drawing means and like connected to all the culture and stuff like that. Like you don't have to do anything. Right, that's true. That, yeah. that brings up a, a good point though. Of another amazing magical aspect of art is when it comes to the interaction with the with the viewer like the real Mm -hmm. lover of art the appreciator someone that like is a fan of your work uh it works as a um you know like a psychological mirror and 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 it is really cool to to create something that resonates with someone else and and they see something in themselves in it and it helps them in some way like it makes them feel better in some way knowing that someone else feels that way I mean, that's like the the connection that you that that makes it all the suffering worth it. Really, is when you connect with someone on that level because it's like you're communicating with a non-verbal language, it's a, yeah. like a language of symbols, and it's like you're communicating with this deep part of yourself, and it's communicating with their the deep part of themselves. So it's like you're having this secret conversation that you yes. don't even fully understand yourself. Oh, it's uh, so, it's, I love that you said that. It's I such uh, a trip and mysterious and cool. It's amazing. Yeah, a, li- a little different from doing it with an like a an art lover, an audience member. But I often, when I talk with students, the way I put it sometimes is, um, I'm not actually talking to you, right? Like it's my art demon is talking to your art demon right, right. right now, <laughs> and we're we are both missing 
some huge percentage of this conversation. And it's just, yeah, my, cause I, you know, if I sit there and try to think about art for a long time, a lot of the times I draw a blank, right? But if, if you just make me start saying things about it, or if right. I'm teaching a student and they're like, how do I do this? Something that I've never thought about it before, I can talk about it for 50 minutes right. with like perfect elocution, right? <laughs> yeah. So where, where's that hiding? I don't know yep. what that is. So it really is just like some other thing back here. At least that's how I experience it. And I it talks, right, using this mouth. And then the student is like, uh kind of okay but then they go off and then they nail it the next time they try it and it's like it it was just talking past them and talking to their art process whatever that is right and that conversation i don't know that's happening on a different level a lot of the times yeah yeah I, yeah. I, I mean, and this is that's the process of creating art as well it's a, it's the same thing it's like you're bypassing your uh mm-hmm. like you know something technically well enough to do it to where you don't really have to think about it and so you can just let your, your it's almost like you bypass your conscious mind and you can let your your unconscious mind do its thing i mean that's how yeah. i when i'm painting that's how i i feel like um i always set it up a, a way that feels natural to me is like the painting is telling me what it wants yeah. and i'm just trying to facilitate it and stay out of the way because i'm going to just fuck it up because it's yep. like you know anytime i've ever tried to make art that was too too much too much of a intellectual exercise like trying too hard to intellectually be what i think would be the best way to express this it just doesn't come out that good but when i let this uh unconscious part of myself do its thing that's when i make stuff that's great it does it great yeah you know it's, it's it, better than me it's better it does it better yeah. than i can that's really what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, I I think there's like a mystical secret in art. Like I think yeah, that, I think sure. that if you do it long enough, you, it starts whispering to you over the years. Like you're, there's something you need to accept about how this whole process works. Right. And you can ignore it early on in the beginning years, but yeah, I think once you're, once you're crossing over into a lot of years, like 10 years plus and stuff like that, almost everybody that I know, right. They don't, you know, if you get behind closed doors with them and you, you shake them and you're like, is this whole thing really fucked up? Like almost everybody is like, yeah, this is weird. (laughs) And I I think it's, I think it's that there's a mystical secret that like the you that you identify with, right. The just, you know, the thoughts, the words in your head that you, we just humdrum tend to think of ourselves as that. Right. It's like, that's the part that has the least say in art being made right Right. like it it stumbles over itself it gets in the way every moment that it needs to think about something technical is a moment where it's failing right right (laughs) and 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 art is made with all of you strangely and the weird thing is that and yeah like i said this is what art's trying to tell you is like you don't feel like all of you right like you don't your your subconscious is opaque to you right the, the way your body works is opaque to you. And, and making art is surprisingly physical, right? You're like, right. When, when I'm making art, I'm like, I'm bouncing my leg all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm reacting. And like you said, it's exhausting, drum. physically exhausting too. Yes. Especially yeah. when you're like really into something. It's like, I shouldn't be this physically tired. I I've just been sitting here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but it is, it is. Yep. 
And I think it's because it's secret. It's secretly it's surprisingly physical. And it's like your whole body's doing it. And you don't know how that works. You don't, right. you don't know how to beat your heart. You don't know how to, right, right. how to, you just automatically bounce your legs. And you know, like when you're, when you're doing a portrait of that has an expression, you make the face right mm -hmm. automatically. It's like, yeah, you know, that, who knows yeah. what's running that. I so, know. Right. <laughs> it's like, you make you make art with all of you and you're the thinking you is like, he's got the least input, right? Like he's right. the least useful <laughs> in the process. And eventually I think all artists, you have to realize like, okay yeah no that it 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 there who knows what's behind the veil right like it right. might just all be within the flesh bag right? right but even that's too vast for us to understand right there might be other things who knows but you can't i don't think anyone can claim to know what the whole answer is but i think everyone has to admit at a certain point it ain't the you that's talking up here right that, right that is the one who's running this process he he, yeah. he seems to do nothing but get in the way. Right. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. No, no, this is, this is so cool that you're bringing this up. Cause it's like, this is, this is how art is like a spiritual practice. Yeah. Because, you know, if you look at you know, real spirituality and not mainstream, mainstream religion or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, 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 what's the, what's the, not mainstream, what's the term organized religion, in organized religion. religion yeah. It's like, uh, but like personal real spirituality um is is all about um basically overcoming the ego yeah you know enlightenment is about overcoming the ego and yep. seeing you know the ego being this false structure that you that's been set it's just natural it happens it's kind of like this false sense it's not really you you are god basically you are like this eternal spirit deep inside yes. this is the, th the theory um and so the goal is to try and uh get beyond your false sense of ego and, and be in touch with that part of yourself that is eternal and spiritual yes. and amazing and yes. everything and so art is uh in the way that you're speaking is a way of doing that because that's what yeah. you have to do if you want if you want your art to be great you, you got to stop imposing your will onto it. I think so. You know, it's like, you got to get out of the way. And that is a spiritual act. That's the act of, you know, uh, uh, like humbling, humbling yourself to God in a way. Yeah. You know, yeah. the artwork is almost like you're treating the artwork with such reverence and respect that you're going to like humble yourself to it and know that yeah. I'm, you know, I, I can't do better than you can do. So I'm letting if that makes sense. Yeah, no, dude, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I got, I'm you right there. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been with you for years, brother. Like I, I've, I've been, I've been a hundred percent on this for a long time. I mean, that, that particular insight was why I started my YouTube channel. Um, my, um, like, uh, my, my good friend, Ahmed Alduri, who's my roommate back in college for a while. He's pretty big on YouTube. You know, he, he was one of the, one of the early artists to get on YouTube. And he was oh. telling me for years, like, Steven, you got to make a YouTube channel. Like you got to do it. And I was just like, I don't want to, like, I don't know what I would, I don't want to show how to paint spheres and stuff like right, that. Like, right. I, I just don't know. It's not interesting. Right. Right. And, um, and what changed that for me was, that insight, which I went on a personal journey on linked with like what happened with my father and everything mm -hmm. like that. And, um, when I realized and arrived at that conclusion, like, Oh, right. Yeah. Drawing is just another path to that. Right. Right. Like, which makes sense. Cause it's just, 
it's just meditating, right? Yeah, like not, absolutely. It's the, it's the same thing. And people have experienced that through meditation over and over again. Yep. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah. Drawing is, has a mystical secret in it. And almost everybody will, you'll either accept it when you hit it in your art practice and woohoo, or you'll, <laughs> you'll refuse and you'll, you'll be on a bad trip for a long yeah. time. That's what's, that's what's going to happen. Um, and your art's going to suffer for it too. Yeah. It, you'll never, it'll, you'll it'll, never be, you'll never make great work. And if you're doing that, I think, I don't think so. I don't you know? think so. I, I don't, I don't know anyone smart enough that they can consciously right. <laughs> like grab their way to sublime, interesting work. Right. right it just right, makes right. it, it makes it miserable. It just makes it. Yeah. <laughs> so when, when I, when I realized that I was like, now I want to make a YouTube channel. That's what, oh, cool. that, that's what I want to make a, a YouTube channel about. And, um, you know, it's, it's become other things in the intervening time and I've added stuff to it, but the, the core of the channel and the core of the audience was, you know, like the first 60 to 70 videos on my YouTube channel are exclusively just like point by point building up to that thesis, essentially. Mm. Just like um, I start from the assumption that you think you control this, right? And, uh, and then I slowly just episode by 10 minute episode, I'm like, let's find your control. Let us, let us locate it. Let's find what you're, what you're doing so well. And I just slowly try to unravel it. And then uh, I hope that I don't break anyone's mind while I do that. <laughs> Instead, there's a, there's joy on the, on the other side of it. Cause yeah. Yeah. I think that that that's my favorite part about art, that it's just like the longer you do it, it's just, there's a big crow hanging out there with these looming wings and it's just, it's going to look everyone in the eyes and be like, you're not doing this. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not really <laughs> you, right? Like, or at least not the you, you the identify. You yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a different totally. you, you know, it's yep. a different you. The re it's and, the real you. That's the yeah. way I see it. It's like the, I, true, the true you. That's gotta be true because everyone experiences or most artists experience their art as like having an outsized right. personal impact. Right. right. Like they, if something goes wrong, it really fucking hurts. And if yeah. something goes great, it's like, wow, like, yeah. I just my month, you know, it's like, right. it, we, we react to the art practice in a way we don't react to other stuff in life generally. So it's like, it's gotta be more yeah. personal than, than the other stuff, because it, it's offering these different emotional valences and these stronger energetic impulses. Yeah. I think that that really does betray that it is kind of, it, it is more you, it, it, it yeah. is more you it's it. But again, it's weird. It's like, you know, like Zen and stuff like that. Yeah, They're always yeah. saying like, it is more you, but it's a paradoxical more yeah. you. Cause it's like, you can't quite get at it. It's yeah. more like it's you're relinquishing. You're like, right. I'm, I'm bigger than I get to know. And I just have to live with that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you, <laughs> exactly. you find a way, you find a way to make peace with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, art is kind of, doing that in a way it's a way of getting in touch with that part of yourself that you normally don't have access to as well you yeah. know like the Taoist, the whole Taoist thing is the 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 Tao that can't the Tao that can be talked about is not the real Tao. so yeah. it's like all of Taoism is about talking what about what it's not because you because yeah. as soon as you name it it's not it because it's so yeah. much bigger than anything that you can say yeah. that's why there's all that hand, one hand clapping and shit and the zen koans and all that it's like you can't say it. So you have to like say all these weird things that make your mind go, what? In order to just even talk around it to get a sense of what it is. Yeah. You know? I, I I loved all that stuff when I was pretty young. Like, same uh, here. Same here. Alan Watts and all that, you know, and my, 
but my, my uh, stepdad who was a big meditator and he, he kind of came in and sort of like was a big life-changing, really positive life-changing force for our family after mm-hmm. all that, all that chaos in the early years. And, uh, and he was all in, he was like Zen meditating dude, everyday yeah. meditated, had all kinds of Alan Watts books and Krishnamurti books and stuff. So, and I, I was, I, so he got me into that or I was just, you know, yeah. into that stuff and early. Alan's the best. He really gave the whole oh, game yeah. away, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just like, he, if, if you listen long enough, it's like, it's all there. It oh really, yeah. It's like, it's like, that's all you really su- he put it super clear. Oh super yeah. It's clear. so easy to understand like, too. All right. Yeah. I'm done here. And then yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything else is just kind of not as cumulative and like complete. Yeah. yeah. I had that experience with Krishnamurti too. Cause my dad was, my stepdad was really into Krishnamurti as well. And I was always like, Alan Watts is like, he, he's so much more clear. It's like, I, yeah. it's so it's like, I understand what he means. Whereas Krishnamurti's like, Whoa, that's, you know, I'm not getting that. It's like, it's, and I think it was because Christian Murdy was, I don't know if you know much about him, but he's kind of a mystic. He was like a mystic. Yeah. Dude. I've listened to a few talks. Yeah. I think I don't he really remember them super well. He but. was really enlightened. And I think Alan Watts was, you know, not a mystic. He was more like he knew this shit and he was definitely, he was more of like, a, he knew how to teach it well. Yeah, he was just you know like what the I mean? best communicator. Ever. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he was like a partier and he died young. He was like an yeah. alcoholic and everything, Alan Watts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, but he was like he could teach. He could talk about uh, Zen and and Eastern philosophy like like nobody else. Yeah, he had it down pat. Yeah, he amazing. Really gave it all away. Yeah, amazing. I, I, I owe I owe that part of my my interest to uh my sister again. Crap, she gave me she gave me both the uh the the drawing and the um. And oh, the, cool. Amazing. the introduction to that more spiritual stuff. Cause she's, she's 15 years older than me. So she was like a generation ahead and um, she was really into that stuff. You know, she, That's she, so loved, cool. she, she loved Ram Dass, Alan, uh, probably Krishnamurti, but yeah, she Ram had Dass, their, amazing. she had their books laying around and stuff like that. And she was always talking about those kinds of things. So she never like, she never like handed it to me. She uh-huh. was never like, she was never like, dude, same, get into same with my stepdad. Exactly. It, it was just it there. Was, ambiently you yeah, know so yeah. and, I, and i you know i was like well she's into it so this is a thing you know it's, vi- it's viable but it was so weird to me that um for as exposed as i was to that early on and like i got into meditation pretty young and things like that mm-hmm. the weirdest thing is i never thought it belonged in the art it's like wow it was like it was like there was there was a door like there was like so it it was i don't know how to explain it it's like there was something inside that maybe was like, this is for later or something. And it right. just like, <laughs> it, it made me always assume like, those are just separate parts of right. your life. Right. There was, there was like surface level stuff. Like, um, I remember like some of the Zen stuff, right. Like doing things with no effort, like right. all that, like, yeah. I remember trying to bring some of that into the art and well, we all know at a certain, that pays dividends pretty quickly, just relaxing and like, right. Not right. But I, even when I was doing that, which seems like it's really skirting it, right? Like it's really, you're really close to hitting it. It was like, um, I was still just thinking of it as like, no, that's just like a, a mechanical thing. It's a good craft thing, right? Like right. The, <laughs> it's, it's just, you don't put so much muscle pressure on it. Right. And I was just like, I had this door that was like, don't, don't see the secret. Don't like quite get it yet. And then, and then it, I was, 
it was the funniest thing in the world when like in my mid twenties it like all the door came down and it sort of revealed that I was, I was interested in the same thing from th two or three different angles. And it, it had all been the same thing right. the whole time. I was like, what is, what is life? What is going on right now? And it was just the, I remember just laughing and laughing and laughing. It was the most like hysterical freedom. Yeah. You know? like, oh, this, is, this is really the best. Like this is highly recommendable, you know, like, I, I wish this for everyone, including my worst enemies. This is the best. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember that's funny. I remember my dad, uh, you know, just talk about laughing at kind of, kind of, kind of the absurdity that, that you didn't, didn't see it too. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and that's, you know, I've had that experience so many times on uh, tripping on mushrooms where it's like, mm -hmm. you just realize like, oh my God, this is so absurd. It's hilarious. Yeah. But I remember my dad telling me, uh, he used to go when he was younger, he would meditate in a, 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 a Buddhist monastery called the Zen mm -hmm. Center in San Francisco when he lived up there. And he said one time he had this spontaneous, whatever it is, enlightenment, I don't know what you call it, yeah. but he said, he just couldn't stop laughing. And he's like all these serious end people. And he was like, just busting up and he couldn't control himself. And like, everyone's I, all pissed off. At him. He's just I, cracking up. If you believe the, if you believe like the tone of um, like the koans, right? Like I, I read like the, the Mumankan and stuff like that, the gateless gate, the mm -hmm. collection of koans back when I was like, uh, probably like 17, something wow, like that. Cause that's I, cool. I found the, um, I just found the lore fascinating. Like I loved I love the language. I love that it it wasn't like um, they weren't stories. Like they, it was mm -hmm. just so you know very much like I, I think a lot of Westerners have this experience when you encounter like totally different formats of storytelling and communication. I became fascinated with them just because they were so different, right? All but right. if you if you believe the like the classic tone of those koans, those serious people who were giving your dad the stink eye in in their internality they're like i get what's happening right. like they're, they're yeah, right there with like they they totally. know what he went through but they're just like they're putting on the like the zen right. master for the Absolutely. market kind of a yeah, yeah. kind yeah, of yeah, a they face, know it, you know yeah they kind of know it's all a bunch of bullshit ultimately though yeah you know yeah I, I like i like to think that that's probably the case but I, yeah I, you're right <laughs> i think it's i i you know i think it's difficult to say like oh yeah when, when you're that far out talking about stuff like that I think it's difficult to say like, oh yeah, I've had an experience like that or something like that. Like we're playing with some pretty big meatballs there. But um, <laughs> I think, um, I, yeah, when I hear that, like I, I think I think I've had similar experiences and certainly laughter was a defining quality because oh, yeah. there's no, um, you know, if, if comedy is a, is a, an unexpected punchline. It's like, that sure feels like it. Like yeah. Yeah, all, all of your, all of your worries were like the smallest possible. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Through yeah. all of the pain, everything's been thumbs up and super yeah. cool. Like, <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's pretty it damn is. funny. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, no, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Like I said, I'd, I'd, I'd wish it on my worst enemies. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful feeling. Absolutely. Yeah, it's... highly educational. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I gotta, I have to bring this up. I'm gonna let you go because this, I mean, this podcast is so good; it's going on forever. What a great way to start the start the new year for the podcast for me. Anyway, I think so. it's like what a great, amazing episode. Like this episode this is a blast, is man. Everything that I, I I hope an episode can be where we really get into the deep shit. 
Well, um, thank you know, I I knew coming in, I was like, oh yeah, everything's on the table. Like that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> perfect. That, that's what you get for being the person you are and for the brand that you have out there. It's like you've really made the. There's other situations where I'd be like, oh, there's some punches I'd have to pull, but it's right. like, not here. Not here. Uh, I could Excellent. just be outright, completely outright here. Yeah. But I, I want to mention this before before uh, we say goodbye is that mm-hmm. another weird thing about your last name Zapata. Mm-hmm. My. Uh, name I last name I was born of czar is my stepdad's name and he adopted me when I was like 12 like uh uh, uh legally and uh-huh. but the name I was born with was Cepeda really which, yeah which is uh uh Mexican and it's Cepeda and then it's like it's I thought it was so weird that Zapata and Cepeda are so similar but it's it's almost like Cepeda with a Z on the front yeah, <laughs> yeah you know not so. that not that I'm saying there's some great meaning there I just think it's one of those cool Go synchronicities that it's like yeah. oh that's weird I never thought about that you that know? is that does strike me as a good synchronicity <laughs> I like it if nothing yeah. else it's a a, a a fortuitous little I think so sign from the gods or I certainly like it <laughs> Makes me happy. So I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll keep calling you Chet Czar to everyone. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's I'll, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a that's it's too. I, I got you know people think it's not a real name because it's it's so unusual. So it's like uh, uh, I like I like that name. I like that name because it's a, it's a weird name. It yeah. just kind of but it is real. It's just you only, you, only, name. you only need to hear it once to remember it. You've, yeah. got, a very, you've got a very good name for that. Yeah. My, my name's, my name's all right. You know, I've always thought Steven was a little regular, but uh, you know, thanks yeah, mom. And- <laughs> Zapata's, thanks, mom. Zapata's great. Zapata's that stands great. out. It's, yeah. it's actually, it is actually a pretty common name in Mexico and South America because mm-hmm. uh, it's a, uh, it comes from Emiliano Zapata, who was a famous revolutionary in the Mexican oh, wow. revolution. So it is like, I know several other artists whose last name are Zapata. There's like James Zapata, the, um, mm. Do, did you know garbage kit garbage pail kids <laughs> oh my young? god Gar- the art director the guy who did all the garbage pail kids his name is jeff zapata the- okay 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 another cosmic synchronicity uh-huh. i am doing two commissions of garbage pail kids right really now that i that i just finally started after like a year that's awesome yesterday i started them yesterday or the day before and then i'm like right in the that. middle of it so it's like what come that's on funny. what are the that's chances funny. This is the that's magic. Fun. This is the Some, magic. This is the good magic right here. It's New Year's magic. I think this bodes well for the rest of the year. <laughs> Definitely. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. What a great, amazing interview. Well, I'm going to, yeah, let's wrap. I, I could keep, seriously, I keep going for uh, hours with you, but um, uh, let's just do it again sometime in the future. Yeah, Have you sounds good to me. You this has been a blast. Come on. Yeah, thank I'd you so, so much yeah. for coming on. Um, uh, if you... If you want to give out any of your socials, I'll put that in the body of the um, uh, podcast. But if you want to like shout out your YouTube channel or anything like that, go for it. Oh, yeah. Or your Instagram and all that website. Yeah. If you uh, if you want to find me on YouTube, just go on YouTube and type in my name, Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, Zapata, Z-A-P-A-T-A. I'll pop right up. Uh, If you do the slash thing, it's Stephen Zapata Art. That'll take you right to my page. Same on Instagram. I'm just at Steven Zapata underscore art. Uh, you want to go to my website? That's just stevenzapata.com. And um, yeah, I think I'm pretty reachable, pretty easy yeah. to find. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, his stuff's amazing. I know everybody in the in the dark art side is going to love it if they don't know your work. And I bet they most of them do. But, Thank you, uh, sir. 
if if you haven't seen his stuff, you guys are going to dig it. I know it's it's right up our alley. Um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And uh, my pleasure. Really, really had it. That was a great way to start the new year. I'm so happy that we did this. And I uh, loved it, man. Yeah, so cool. So, what we do is as customary as we say goodbye to the audience. So we have to say goodbye, audience. So you goodbye, say, audience. Should I do it again? No, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Perfect. Goodbye, audience. <laughs>